Welcome to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana and So, how are you doing? I'm actually doing so well. I'm <laughs> thriving. Imagine if that's how I spoke. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was seeing this TikTok where this girl was like, um, uh, how it is to be in the workplace in the office. She's a black woman sitting in the office and basically she's just overhearing people going, hey, how are you? I'm good, 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 good. And then Sally, how are you? Good, 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 good. And she was just sitting there just looking so miserable. And I just remember something that happened to me today. Go on. Not to cut you off. Yeah, go on. It is related to what you just said. Yeah. About being in the office. I got stuck in the lift today. <laughs> <laughs> I got in the lift. Which got refurbished recently. That's even shameful. I know. And has been out of service. And my my office is four floors high. Yeah. And it's a long staircase. It's not yeah. like, you know, one flight of stairs is one floor. No, it's three flights of stairs to one floor. And ah. so there was a period of time there was no lift. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to quit my job. I can't do this. I can't wow. do this. Two days, two times a day. Go up, go down for lunch, come back up. That's what you bring your lunch before. I don't live that lifestyle, honey. I'm rich. <laughs> I go out for lunch. I say, oh, what do I fancy? Why don't you get delivery? 10 pounds a lunch, 15 pounds a lunch. <laughs> this is what happens when you work in London. <laughs> Literally <laughs> When you step outside your house, you know you're spending money. That's 100%. Most, most people already know. When you leave your house, you're spending money. I was like, oh, working from home. Oh, my budget is manageable. Going into the office even three days a week. Yeah. I'm like, where have I spent yeah. almost 100 pounds? Why? Because travel, yeah. breakfast, yeah. lunch, yeah. little snack in the afternoon sometimes. And then on the way back home. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, I'm so tired. I've had a full day's work. We're going to order delivery for dinner. <laughs> Done. <I'm> broke. You're <laughs> broke. You cannot be spending £100 on delivery every week. £400 of your That's salary so is food. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, stuck in, so I got the lift. So it yeah. was out of service. It's now back in service. But they haven't officially said it was back in service. It's I, just working. Yeah, yeah. Got the lift. Yesterday, fine. Yeah. Day before, fine. Today, get a lift, get to the fourth floor. The doors open an inch. Oh no. I looked at it and I thought, hmm. But then they closed again, oh, right? Yeah. Before I had time to clock that like, I might be stuck in this lip. So I pressed the door open thing. Yeah. Nothing happened. So I started just pressing buttons because I'm like, I'm not getting stuck in this lift today. I have to be somewhere. Like I have a meeting at 10. It is 9.40. I can even get out of this lift. And nothing was happening. And I was trying not to get to panic because I was like, I just don't believe I'm going to get stuck in a lift at work. Yeah. And then started pressing like four several times and the door just opened. Oh, okay. So I got out of the lift and I was like, hmm, I'm going to tell our office manager. I would hope this. so. Because someone else might get stuck in the lift. And I went and I was like, hey everyone, I got stuck in the lift. And everyone was like, oh. and I was like, well obviously I'm here, so it can't be that bad. And we talked about it, told the office manager. Guess what I did at lunchtime? Way back in the lift. Oh, back in the that lift. That same lift. <laughs> and well. then I came up. And one of the other people in the office was like, did you just get the lift? Didn't you get stuck this morning? And I was like, it's sort of like how pilots go up in the air as soon as a plane has crashed. Like all the other pilots yeah, yeah. want to fly because they're like, if you wait too long, the fear will yeah, set in. Yeah, that is true. So I was like, I'm getting the lift. Also, I was with someone else. I was like, that be said, yeah, I can't be by myself. Get stuck in the lift. I will say it's better to get stuck at a level than midway. Oh yeah, that, that's happened to me. I was with my dad in the lift midway. I was jumping, thinking jumping that my is not a good idea. I know, but I was like, oh, I think my weight will bring it to a level. 
Okay. Um, it didn't That's work. It didn't. Yeah, of course it didn't work. I, I mean, I was young. I was young. <laughs> I'm ten. My weight, like your weight, weight. <laughs> my little baby weight will be able to help, and that didn't work. But for a while, I just took the stairs, and he he lived on the sixth floor. Yeah. So that was that was some real cardio and At stepping. My old house. One time my nan was taking me to school. This is actually quite a bad story. She was taking me to school and she'd left my sister in the house in her high chair. Yeah. And she was two. Oh my gosh. Sorry, African households are <laughs> really doing whatever they <laughs> exactly. need to do. Self-defiance. Self-reliance, self-defiance. That's how you grow. And was taking me to school and we got in the lift and we lived on the fifth floor and it got to like somewhere between the third and... No, the fifth and the third. And it just stopped. Oh. And there was, luckily, there was someone on the other side, mm. on the third floor, who could hear us pressing the alarm. And they were like, push the door shut. Push the door shut. But we're like, the door's already shut. They're like, push it shut. And my nan pushed it, started going. That's so weird. And we got out of the lift. Well, and I'm she ha- was like, we have to stop bringing your sister when we take her to school. <laughs> <laughs> because when she got home, my sister had climbed out of the high chair. Oh she pulled her own adventure that yeah. day. Climbed out the house, the high chair was just like chilling in the That's living room so and she was like yeah. just put her back in the high chair it's like nobody needs to know about this <laughs> again self-reliance yeah it's actually very crazy that my nan would leave my two-year-old sister by herself in the house well she knew what she was doing did she <laughs> kind she of did it because she came out of the high chair um no but um at least you're here you yeah, survived, yeah, survived we, the lift. we did. We all did. Yeah. Um, I did. My sister did. My grandmother did. We all did. And we are. We lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Um. What's our pop culture news for today? We have quite a few. Let's get into yeah. it. Yeah. So play the stinger. <laughs> pop culture <laughs> news. Pop culture news. I really do think I should be you know, the stinger for and this. And that gets cut. You know, <laughs> every time you say that, it's just gonna get cut. <laughs> You're never gonna hear it. I'm I'm gonna keep doing it until eventually somebody makes it into a really nice song. Like they remix it into like a a bashment Afro song, (laughs) and everyone can like pop pop to my pop culture news for one second. Yeah. No, they can make it a three minute song, which we release on Spotify, make money in it, but we only pay like two seconds of it. Done. (laughs) Speaking of music. Bad music, I'm joking. Don't know. Wow. Well, speaking of music and musicians, Kanye. That's the pop, one of the pop culture news for today. I just, all I have to say, rest in peace. But every time we say, oh wait, I think we should clarify, Kanye is not dead. <laughs> the old Kanye is dead. The old Kanye was dead, but he really missed the old Kanye. I think I miss the older Kanye. Everybody misses, misses the, the old Kanye. Kanye. Basically, people miss when Kanye was Kanye West. First he was Kanye West, then he became Kanye, and now he's yeah. I don't like either one of those two. Yeah. I like Kanye West who made Touch the Sky. Yeah, and all the others. Gold Digger. Gold Digger. Ba- basically, all the songs that we used Through to Through the dance. Wire. Oh my goodness, yes. Absolute banger. Oh, the whole sound. album. Yeah. yeah. Start to finish. Workout plan. Workout plan. The guy was doing... He was doing loads. That's when he was doing God's work. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I watched that doc- his documentary on Netflix. Um, was it earlier this year or last year? And it really opened my eyes to like his musical, quote unquote, genius. genius. But also how persevering he was, and mm. the fact that he just never let anyone say that he wasn't great. Every time someone was like, "Nah, who are you? Only a producer. You only do beats." He was like, "Nah, but I have like, I'm a genius. I've got lyrics. I've got lines. I can do this. I can do anything you want." Um, 
And I just miss that that drive in him because I feel like he's everything he's doing now is just for clickbait. It's interesting because like I've been watching a lot of um, <laughs> TikToks, which are educational, <laughs> but like reading a lot about ADHD. And one mm. of the aspects of ADHD, which is um, like a neurodivergent, it's on the spectrum basically, Condition, yeah. the autism spectrum, is that like sort of fixation on something and so many creatives have some sort of like they're all, they're like a little bit further along the spectrum than than people who are not creatives mm. because like that need to be fixated on something to get to the finish line is what you need in this in in a creative industry because like you do the first draft of of, of a script and you're like this is garbage but there's something in you that's like i can keep yeah. working at this and it's the same with music like okay you come up with a beat then you've got to come up with lyrics. Yeah. Then you've got to figure out like your voice when you're rapping and the kind of rapper that you want to be and all of that stuff does take determination. And then you've got to play it to people and they're going to tell you it's garbage. Yeah. And you have to be like, no, 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 I know what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Like it's something, I know it's going to be something. And that's that can be so crucial to having success in, this, in any creative industry. Yeah. But equally, when that energy becomes fixated on something unhealthy, mm. then it can destroy your life. And I feel like he's... He's sort of not focused on what he should be focused on, which is his craft, either in uh, making clothes or making music, and is fixated on just talking. Yes. He's just talking so much. And I've said this on the podcast. I've said this to friends. I don't think men should talk. <laughs> I really, really think the, the biggest issue for men the issue that's facing them. You know how like people talk about heart disease killing people? I think men's, like this preconception that people want to hear what they think is um, destroying the community. I think it's when men speak without any knowledge or wisdom. That's the issue. Because you have a lot of men that are opening their mouths free, free willy basically. Willy nilly, that's the words. Free willy willy. Free willy, free willy willy nilly. That's, that's his next She's line. He's a rapper. Yeah. Shoshana's a rapper. That's, that's gonna be his next album. Literally. <laughs> he can't do that because actually that's Will Smith's thing. So, no. Oh. Yeah, I don't yeah, think anyone can use the word willy. Oh god. Yeah. So. And, and he probably has trademarks. Yeah. yeah, he probably has. Yeah. Um, but I can't believe we were calling him Big Willy. Not right. us, but like the world. world. I mean, he was loving it because he's like, yeah, I know, but it's yeah, absolutely I do. crazy. If you that. watch iRobot or one of the that movie where he, I he heard had that was not shoot. real though, I heard that no, wasn't. No, I heard that he had to cover his arm because it was. <laughs> they had to he tape was, it he, down. He, is he had to tape it down. But he also, when he in that scene, he was like showering in the most awkward way because he would have revealed the fourth arm. <laughs> The third arm, sorry. Fourth arm. Where's the third? <laughs> well, his ear. <laughs> Just the one, the one ear. Massive ear. <laughs> but I think for him, he loves the sound of his own voice, of course. But I think when men do speak out of turn, speak without any knowledge, and speak in a way that they think they have knowledge without actually justifying it, that's when there's the issue. And I think that's what we're seeing with Kanye West. He's gone through a number of different interviews ranging from um, the Drinks Champs um, podcast where he said that um, George, the George Floyd killing... Didn't, didn't, no, yeah, the kneel, kneeling on his neck didn't kill him. It was yeah. a fentanyl. It was a fentanyl. So um, accusing George Floyd of taking drugs. Um, he went on the Tucker Carson show. And I didn't watch the interview, but if you're on a platform like Tucker Carson, you know where it 
pretty much went. Yeah. Sending messages that were saying that like, are you know, anti-Semitic. I mean- Oh my gosh, yes. It is obviously, and I don't know why this is the case, right? There's something sort of weird about people being like, we're not allowed to talk about Kanye's mental health, even yeah. though we know collectively that he has bipolar. And I understand that because there are loads of people that have bipolar who don't behave in this way and they don't want the negative stigma of being like, people are gonna see how Kanye behaves and assume that that's what I do. I don't do that because I, I take care of my condition. I'm not just yeah. out here living my bipolar life. Yeah. And I do think that needs to be taken on board, but also, by like we don't know yeah. where he's at with yeah. that all we know is that he gets on podcasts or he gets in front of people or goes to a fashion show and wears a white life matter shirt with and his is in his right mind we have to accept yeah. that he's in his right mind because he's not told us otherwise right yeah. so and even if he's not you have a platform like most people who go through manic episodes don't have a platform. Mm. And so the harm that they're doing is almost solely to themselves and the people that they care about. He is a person who has a platform. And so regardless of whether he's in the episode or not, he is, whatever he spouts has repercussions. And so to find out that George Floyd's family are suing him, he could turn around and be like, guys, I was in a manic episode, blah, blah, blah. But realistically, it shouldn't matter because there should be checks and balances in place that if someone is in the midst of a, ma a manic episode, they're taken care of. Yeah. He is in a position, potentially since his mum passed away, where there aren't people that take care of him or care about his genuine well-being. And obviously when him and um, Kim parted ways, she said in one of her like posts, which again, to just think that you, you have to post about a divorce, yeah. but like that the issue was that he wasn't taking care of himself and it became very difficult for her to take care of, like to take care of him and also to have that kind of energy and presence in her home around plus her children. Plus four kids, yeah. That like, potentially she was another person who cared about him, mm. but we never know the ins and outs of those things. Mm. And ultimately, as honestly, mental health is an incredibly difficult thing. Something that a lot of people have experienced, you know, I personally have experienced, but you have to take responsibility for yourself and the things that you do are your responsibility. And even people who have been in the midst of a manic episode or any sort of mental health crisis, don't then look back and think that, oh, what I did was excusable. Yeah. It's never excusable, yeah. but you can say, I wasn't in my right mind yeah. when I did that. Yeah. But you still also have to take responsibility oh, yeah. for it. And I feel like at the moment, He's, he's actually saying, oh, I'm not in a manic episode. This is just me. And that's and that you have to hold him accountable yeah. then because that's yeah. what he's saying. I'm, I I fully know what I'm doing, spreading anti-Semitic messages, um, diluting Black Lives Matter, potentially trying to court controversy so that he can get more attention to a brand that he's being sued for. Yeah. It's just, it just feels really dangerous. And I worry about him. And I, but then more than anything, I worry about all the people that consume his, yeah. his message and his and media and what that does to us collectively yeah. when we see a, a genius, quote unquote. I say that in quotes, but, um, but honestly someone who's iconic and someone who has a really big influence, um, basically lose, lose their shit online. Yeah. And also how far does the line go and how are we to accept this type of behavior because offline we were talking about Kanye and saying like there's been so many occasions where we assumed that Kanye would have been cancelled 
you know, when he first said that um, George Bush was a racist, people thought he would be cancelled, maybe especially from a white American community perspective. When he said that slavery was a was a myth or slavery wasn't real. Mindset. Yeah, it was a mindset. mindset. Or the Taylor Swift incident. You know, even when he went into like deeper into religion and the Sunday service, people thought he'd be cancelled for that. There's so many things that Kanye has done. That video where he killed Pete Davidson and and buried him. Oh my goodness, yeah. So there's so many things where he has done things that will not be acceptable in a normal society. And when I say normal, just in everyday society, if someone was demonstrating that kind of behaviour, they'd probably be in jail. But because of him and his influence in the world, and his and his fan base as well, who are willing to spend five hundred pounds on a pair of Yeezys, he will continuously be heralded for being like the voice of a generation. Sorry, that I did not mean to go. <laughs> not a voice of a generation, no, but no, no, but someone sure. who's he, willing to to push boundaries and to be oh, anti anti norm or anti um, anti society, basically anti establishment. That's the word. I think you know my thoughts on this are we're not done with whatever this like. This hasn't reached its um, natural end yet, which, which is, is scary. Worrying. That's yeah. what scares me. And um, we've watched, we haven't. I feel like Kanye is the first like very high profile black artist who we basically watch undo all the goodwill that the community, I'm, I'm speaking solely as a black person who consumed his art mm. that we had for him. Obviously, in on our, the flip in our generation, side, I would say Michael Jackson is another example. But yeah, in our, in our generation, yeah. On our, on the flip side, right, there are white people that consume his his content that love all of this shit right now, yeah. and I think that's the dangerous thing is that like you pick an audience to play to, and I think for a long time Kanye's gone. I don't really give two hex about the black community. Um, I just really like you know the people like the wearing the MAGA hat and getting behind Trump. You know, loads of people were like, we just, we have to draw a line somewhere. And they're right, we do have to draw a line somewhere. And like, you're right, similarly with with um, Michael Jackson, whatever you feel about that situation, you've got to draw a line somewhere mm. sometimes. And for me, I, I Kanye as a figure, I don't back. Yeah. I still really enjoy his art to a point. Yeah. There is a, there's a point in that sort of, that, art's journey where I sort of had to hop off because I was like I don't really I, I don't know where the music's going yeah and I, it's not for me anymore um, but the thing that genuinely scared me yeah. was hearing that he'd started a school of what it's called the Donda Academy and that people actually go there well, I was talking to a friend who said that people don't actually go there yeah but I saw a tw- uh, video of like the Donda Academy morning service or whatever and it's like a bunch of kids like singing some of his quote-unquote gospel music. And I just thought, I don't know who you blame in that situation. The parents who are dumb enough to send their kid to a school made by a man who's not in any way affiliated with education, or the person who started the school. And on that one, I'm I'm in two minds because (laughs) guy always wakes up in the morning and says, I'm starting the school. It only has legs if people back it. And people apparently backed it. So I feel bad for those kids. I think it's one of those things. If you... If he positioned it like, I want to do something in honor of his mum, who I think was an education, I think she was um, right. an academic, so it's in honor of her, then I would understand. But honor her properly and do it properly. Yeah, exactly. And there's, it's, it's, it's not it's, a bunch of kids, by the way, in the video, it's just a bunch of kids in black t shirts and black, like massive black t shirts and black jeans. I basically dress like Kanye. It's like, this isn't a school. I'm yeah. sure this is not, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to yeah. speak about his mum, I didn't know her, but like, um, this isn't a school. No. Uh, 
it's interesting to see what's going to happen next. I mean, not even next, what's going to happen because, you know, as we mentioned, you know, so he made some comments around George Floyd. George Floyd's family is now suing him for in north of $200 million, um, which is very similar to another lawsuit with um, Alex Jones, um, where he's been sued. And also he is now being forced to pay $900 million. Um, dollars. So I, maybe the money will will quench the power of this brand or of how his behavior is because something is fueling it one the people around him the yes people and the money because this guy's a billionaire so he's like well i can do what i want you see the the <laughs> you see that the either musk of the world those are the ones that are like i can do what i want because i can do what i want i can buy anything that i want you know i can buy people's opinions like connie's buying like another like left right wing yeah um, po- yeah publication so I think I think something needs to happen. I do. Sorry, I realised I said parlay in the very French way. I think it, people pronounce it parlor. Oh, I thought it was parlay. I know, but we are we we're linguists. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we are French at school. Parlay. Some of us didn't produce it. Yeah, I didn't do it for A level. Some people did it for A level, not us, <laughs> not but us. some people. Some of us did. And um, yeah, I think it's actually called parlor. Americans are calling Par- it parlor. Okay, um, but either way, he shouldn't be speaking. No. No speakers should be taking place. <laughs> no speakers place. should be done. Literally no taking speakers um, should be taking place. But I, I do think we're going to have to keep an eye on this story, unfortunately, um, and just hope and pray that the people around him do help him. Yeah. Um, and be really honest with him. And if it's going by the documentary that um, came out with Netflix, it was very clear that people that wanted to help him just got shunned and had to step away. And his inner circle completely changed over the course of his career, especially um, triggered by when his mom um, passed. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. And yeah. we'll probably cover this in another pop culture news, but I think it's time for us to move on. Oh, Bec- I have one more thing to say, just sorry. Uh, at work, someone mentioned OJ. And I remember this quote, and I think I'll always remember this quote about, and it's a quote from OJ where he said, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. And I think about that all the time and the way that Very like- nice line in Jay-Z's song. Yeah, mm. the way that Hollywood and power in America starts to, when you're a person of color, starts to convince you that you've surpassed the prejudices that come with being a person of color. And I think that the problem with that is that you're actually setting yourself up for an even mightier fall. Mm. And like right now, maybe some of these right-wing white people are propping him up. But at some point, they're going to lose interest. And even the fact that Trump came out and was like, I think he's been a bit wild at the moment. Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> it's, you're, you're, you're coming up for a fall. Yeah. And it's going to be a super hard fall. Yeah. And I, I don't know, you have to remember in this life to align yourself with people that support you yeah. as you are and not people that are supporting you because you're saying stuff that fits their agenda right now. That's yeah. my last thing on it. But yeah, we'll keep our eyes on this and um, I'm sure we'll probably talk about this in another episode. But now we're going to move on to our second pop culture news. Married at First Sight, UK. Um, The series has wrapped, honey. It has. And we did say we'll come back with an update on where the couples are. We're going to go back to our predictions. Yeah, let's start with our predictions. Let's, that let's was... look at where the couples are based on our predictions. Because yeah. so, our predictions were really, really accurate. They were, I was surprised. 
I mean, when we did it, it we was... didn't have the most faith in that in the series no, at the time. No, I don't think they did either. No, but um, yeah, I think it was a very interesting ride for a series. It was enjoyable, but also a bit um, sad as well. So, what were our predictions? So yeah, we'll start off with Shanita and Jordan. We said they will be together unequivocally. We were we were so sure, so certain. That was the biggest surprise of so the finale. Was, yeah. um, but equally. It shouldn't have been a surprise because the things, the what he brought up started really from when he said, I don't want to live with a woman I'm not in love with. Yeah. That was a, the red flag. And naturally Shanita was like, oh, I didn't like that. I want to pull away. And he was like, don't worry. I really care about you. We can work towards this. And that he shouldn't have done. No. Because Quite I think hope. he knew at that point that he didn't love her and potentially he knew that he wasn't going to fall in love with her. Yeah. Or at least he knew between the time where they had that bus stop and the time where they had to do their vows again, the vow renewal, how are you going to fall in love with her in that short period of time? Mm. So really, he shouldn't have renewed those vows. No. Um, but I've never seen two people more upset on both ends, like the way that he was talking on the couch, like he he's really struggling with the decision that he's made. He does not feel good about it. You know, there's not a part of him that's like, yeah, I was trying to string her along. I just wanted to like sleep with her, and like I don't get that intention at all. And equally for Shanita, like it must have felt like you know, sort of being hit by a car to be like, we're on this journey, we're on our way, we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it, and then all of a sudden it's just is he's done. Yeah. Um, I feel like in the edit of the show, they kind of hit the whole idea that he had commitment issues. Yes. Or they didn't they didn't make it as explicit as some of the other couples where you can see like they had trust issues like yeah. George. So for me, that was a shock. Like it probably was for Shanita as well that he didn't see the long term with her. He only just saw her for that moment in time or just really for the experiment, um, which I think is a disservice to her, but also to the experts as well as to why that wasn't addressed throughout the process more mm. and i kind of got when i was watching the show that they were probably just well from maybe from jordan's perspective that they were staying together because of the optics that by that point they were like the golden couple mm -hmm. everyone loved them i mean they were called the golden couple in the yeah. reunion and so the idea of them breaking up or having issues but all the other couples around them were just going through mayhem would have been like a big shame but I just, yeah, to me, that was the big shock. I mean, I was aghast. I was like, what? And yeah. I, I think I messaged you and I was like, Married at First Sight is a sham. Yeah, because yeah, you were like, I've given up on the yeah, experiment I, now. I had, because I was like, out of all the couples that I thought had the, had the will to last and the strength and the compatibility, I, I was just shocked that this is how it ended up for Shanita and Jordan. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that like them making it would have restored some faith whatever faith you could possibly have in the experiment at this point but like you would have been like oh it worked for someone yeah it not working for them was just like this is the final piece of proof that we need that a lot of people came into this season with not the best not the right intentions mm -hmm. shall we say and i um and i feel like even the experts tr basically trying their like fix it on on the on the sofa was really uncomfortable yeah. and and the other thing about it that i think made the reunion really difficult and also that couch memory really difficult is that like imagine being with someone for like six to ten weeks and it not working out and then having to see them 
and ha- them having next to no really good reason why it didn't work out and then having everyone be like we're so sad this didn't work out like in my head I was like it made me think about people who like get divorces and usually it's at the point where everyone's like yeah you guys shouldn't be together but imagine everyone being like this is the worst yeah. <laughs> like the judges were literally like you're you might be making the biggest biggest mistake in your life what a thing to hear yeah. um at that moment but then the worst thing was that like, even then he was like damage is done I loved, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Zoe and Jenna as people. Yeah. I think that I'm happy for them as a couple that they've worked out, but I feel like they're quite moralistic and they get yeah. in people's business when they shouldn't. Yeah. But when she said, Shanita, I love you, Jordan, I love you, but he does not deserve you. And he doesn't want you that's the way tr- you ought to be wanted. Yeah. I really, I was like, do you know what? I don't think true words have been said on this yeah. on this couch at the moment. Yeah. And like, it was hor- obviously devastating for Shanita to hear. But the fact that he didn't... Yeah, he didn't jump in. He didn't say anything. no. Um, he said pack it up <laughs> yeah he's like I'm done like, can uh, we get let's off? wrap this up um, the other thing, other thing I was going to say is one thing that I found a bit concerning was how Jordan came off a bit possessive at the, not um, at the yeah that was pathetic yeah not at the um, uh, at the dinner party where Shanita of course has come in single sitting there talking to the ladies Duca's like this is my time to shoot my shot. <laughs> he's like, hey girl, you're yeah, thicker than a suckers. And he's always and he's like that. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. You know, stumble in the middle. Yeah, exactly, that little vibe. He's got the uh, smoothest. No, he's never, <laughs> never he's has been. Um, but the fact that he was like, you know what, you're single, I'm single, why not? And Shanita was always on his, like, his list. And then Jordan saw what's happening and was like, oh, let me just come and sit here and chat to you. And, you know, that plus... But you also, also don't want me. Exactly, that, but also like, um, Shanita saying oh well Jordan like he when I text him he messages me back like straight away and he's always there and he always talks to me when he finds his next bay you're gonna really feel it you you will feel it seriously and that's that was where I didn't particularly like it because mm. I felt like he was like stringing her along because he knew that Shanita was all in she's a better yeah. woman than me I yeah. will say that because from where we're done I'd be civil with you but the yeah. idea that you're going to be like, let's sit together. Sit together for what? what? No. We have nothing to talk about. No. So I've got I've... nothing to talk about. And if I if I want to kiss, kiss Duca at this table, what can you do? Nothing. What can you do? No. So I would I would advise Shanita, now the show's ended, everyone knows what's happened, to really create that demarcation with um, Jordan. Go and live your life. Let him live his life. Because you don't want to be like, oh, we're still friends, we're still buddy-buddy. And then when he says he has a girlfriend and the girlfriend's not comfortable with you being around... You're gonna. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be a, a deeper breakup than you actually break it up now. So. And going back to what you said initially when we started talking about maths, and you were saying like the people that hook up uh, on the show, or yeah. early on the show, um, it, it sort of spells doom for the couple. There are some of these couples that will be able to be friends on the basis that they haven't hooked up. That's true. Where you guys have had a sexual relationship, um based on the promise of like this forever romantic relationship, I do not think, and I think specifically to this experiment, I do not think you can be friends. No. Soul tie, baby. Soul tie. <laughs> Whether or not, like, I don't know if I necessarily believe that in real life. Like, yeah. I think it's possible for you to like have hooked up with someone and been like, we are not a good fit for each yeah. other. But where it wasn't a mutual decision, mm. No. I could do She's, yeah, you're right. She'll be absolutely burnt yeah. when he's proposing to the next girl. <gasps> Jesus. And the thing, <laughs> he's one of those guys who is like, where he's like, I can't commit to you. Then and then we'll date some other girl for two months and propose to her. <laughs> Marry her, got her pregnant in a year. 
So you're sitting there like, am I a dickhead? <laughs> and the answer is yes. <laughs> no, Shanita, you can do so much. You could do so much better. I also feel like- Duka's ready. Yeah, Duka is ready. And maybe speaking of Duka, should we just go straight to Whitney and Duka? Whitney do come back, Gemma. Yeah, we, we, do. Do. We, before. Hey, we do, we do. So we predicted Whitney and Duka will be no. Yeah. I think I predicted at the time we were recording, I said we'll be done by the end of that week. Yeah. You said that you would want I believed in true love. And I was like, this is not love. No, you're right. I said, I said, and I said this as well, that this is my own, my own toxic trait. I really loved the story of like enemies to lovers. And I thought as a story producer on this show, yeah, I would have found a way to edit that into the two of them are madly in love. Obviously you can't do it where the content's not there. No. And the, the more appealing story was her cheating on him. Yeah. So they went with that. Yeah. And also it got to the point where we'll talk about it when we talk about Matt and Gemma, where I didn't see Whitney moving to Matt as much of a cheating it scandal wasn't. than it was um, Matt and Gemma. Because Whitney has been saying for weeks She's that she done. was done. Duca was staying there for extra publicity TV. and TV. That's exactly what happened with Married at First Sight Australia. That I can't remember the names, but they, for people that have watched it, there was this particular couple where the woman had met someone else on the show, one of the other husbands, and between the two of them, they had arranged to yes, stay on the show yeah, longer by yeah, saying that they you. wanted to stay, whereas they were terrorizing their partners, yeah. and their partners were saying, I want to leave. The day when everything got open about the affair, affair was one of the, it was so sad, and that blow was big, because you saw that how broken the, the other husband yeah. was. And I felt like that was what they were trying to recreate yeah, with yeah. In, in this series. They went, that, because that was like maybe the first time that had ever happened yeah. on the show, and it was, honestly such a moment yeah. as a viewer that they were like great so maybe this is what we do with our married at first, at first sight series every season we'll have someone who just starts dating someone else um but again it just dilutes the integrity of the it also show doesn't, it doesn't always it doesn't work more than once yeah and as you can see it hasn't worked in any case because Whitney and Duke are not together and neither are Whitney and Matt and yeah neither are Jeremy yeah. and Matt yeah well so- I'm okay I don't know how you feel about this but like I got the impression about the Whitney and Matt thing that there was still, more so than any of the other couples, there was still love there on both sides. Mm. Like, say what you will about Shanita and Jordan. I genuinely do not think he wanted to be bad to her, but I did not get the impression that he was in love with her. He was like, I'm still sexually attracted to her, blah, 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 whatever. You don't want to be with her. I got the impression that Matt still really cared about Whitney and Whitney still really cared about Matt, but the practicalities of their relationship meant that, and I say practicalities in terms of who they are as people, what they need from a partner, either one of them could not give to them. And it was genuinely really sad watching their conversation, even seeing them at the table still being like, you know, kind of flirty with each other and... And I believed in that chemistry 100%. more than I, I mean, more than I had throughout the rest of that series uh, in those moments because I was like, wow, they really cared for each other and they did have this dynamic and there was that security with them. But I don't think as people, like, I don't think they would w- work. They, I, And I feel like Whitney was quite honest about that. Like yeah. there was just not a the way that they would have met at a club or whatever and she'd be like, that's yeah. my man, none of that. Yeah. But she liked the softness in him. Yeah that she saw. Mm. Not everybody got to see, but she saw. Or and as you predicted, Matt is calm. That's what, <laughs> that's what Molly says. I think he was genuinely, a, yeah, I mean, he, in general, not a calm person, but I think no. he was a calm presence for her. Yeah. He never was blown, like they didn't have a bust up no. on this show. And I imagine even when they broke up, it wasn't the screaming match at all. I perfectly honest, um, I would not want to see them blow up because they're, they're 
two quite volatile people. Yeah, but I also feel like, based on the way that Whitney's like behaved on the show, she's not kicking, screaming kind of person. She will insult you. Oh, she's cutting. Honey, she'll make yeah. you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. But the raised voice, and I feel like that was specifically his issue, was when a person would raise their voice at him. And I, I feel, I'm in two minds about that because if you're screaming at me, there's no way I'm not going to raise my voice yeah. either. But equally, as a man that looks like him and is his size, yeah. he has to be able to contain himself because he has to know that the optics of him screaming at a woman, regardless of whether that woman is screaming at him, does not play well. Exactly. You need to be like Jay-Z in the elevator with get Solange your ass and kicked. Beyonce. Yeah, you have to be. You have to get worked. Um, I will say that Whitney, by far, this whole series, had the biggest arc. I have seen yes, a 100%. long, long time on reality. And TV. I said that to you. You did, and I didn't believe it. She started off as number one villain. I was so irritated by her. That first week, I was like, "Why have they brought this girl on this show? She was here for violence only." <laughs> and then, then she was with Duca, and she was there, basically pleading and saying, "This guy ain't genuine. He's not genuine. He's a different guy behind closed doors when the cameras are off." And then she meets Matt. And wait, when she was talking about Duca, it, sh- it was clear that she wasn't lying. She was yeah. she had a point. And then she meets Matt, and then my girl goes into her feminine energy. <laughs> do you and think this, this is the episode that we'll, we will do for dates and scribbles? But do you think that there like do you think there'll be a point ever in our lives where we're like giggly, twirling hair, getting in a buff? Oh god. Getting a buff on national television. <laughs> With Matt. Oh, God. With a man. <laughs> yes. A man has made you feel so... Ooh, that you're, like, out here acting... She... Different. Like, people who would meet you at that point think he was a different person to the yeah. person that you was. That's why I was like, there must be something that Matt is doing. He must be throwing it all the way down for her to be like... That guy with every single tattoo all over his body. Every single tattoo. <laughs> and with that energy, with that voice, with that grunt. That, God. If that guy comes and grunts to you just before he kisses you, run away. Run away. And even if he doesn't, if he co- approaches you covered in face tattoo, I'm going to be honest, it's a no for me. And I don't have a problem with tattoos, but like, I mean, why? It's, it's, it's extreme for him, but he that's his personality, but... I mean, I I would never have predicted this couple that would have happened. Yeah. I mean, we we actually said in our predictions that they will be new couples, but we didn't know this was a new yeah. couple. Um, I have one more thing to say about the Whitney Duke and Matt Gemma of it all. Yeah. Um, that conversation at the dinner party where he was like, Sophie's fake. And the Gemma was like, he called you a fake bitch. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. She's not wrong, but she's also not right. And she's yeah. messy as fuck. She is. And um, she, you could see she was loving it. She oh was, my God. got that bitch. Gemma was, Gemma's one of those when people. When she saw Whitney walking by herself, no, she was she like, was, She was smirking. You know, she was, she was one of those said, girls. I don't even care, you know, I just want you to be happy. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. The way that she was trying to look serious, but her eyes were smiling. Her. She was smizing so hard. And then looking at Thomas and Adrian like, hey, you see what happened. This girl what goes she, around, come around, <laughs> comes around. She's Justin Timberlake sang it. It is law. 
One glimpse of will surely come around and that, it came around for you, hon. That was the face of enemy of progress. It was literally, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, literally. When you're in church praying against, that's the person. That's the face you need to have in your head. Like the person is, if she could have been rubbing her hands together, <laughs> that's what she would have done. She was, glee- she was gleeful. She was. That's the word. She, she was gleeful. so was. And the thing is, like, I understand because she she was hurt, but we, we'll talk about Gemma. Gleeful spelled spelled G L E E T H A L like lethal. Oh, gleeful. <laughs> <laughs> I coined wow. that term. I didn't expect to see it on the merch. We said it work. Gleeful. We, we said we were li- linguists, and you just did that. <laughs> because as soon as I said it, I said it's lethal. Uh, her glee was lethal. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was. was gleeful. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm happy for you. What no. the best for you? Even I said, oh, I never. I always said I didn't want to be embarrassed for you. You did. You did. And also, I don't know. Me personally, kind of person I am. <laughs> kind of person I am. I would have been on the cut, being like, yeah, I wanted it to fail and it failed, and I'm happy. <laughs> because in that situation, Whitney's energy is the energy that I would have. Yeah. So I'm not gonna sit here and say I want you to be happy. I don't want you to yeah. be happy. Yeah. Because that being said, on, on the flip side, when when it was all revealed that Whitney and Matt had the well were connecting. Whitney was like, I'm not going to apologise for how I feel. Yeah. And she was very, like, nonchalant about it. So, yeah. yeah I and mean, why should I be sad that you didn't work out? Yeah. That wasn't even the thing I was going to say. The thing I was going to say was, Duca was on a podcast after yeah. the fact and was saying, and, I, and, and this is to, I don't know, let let the jury decide how they feel about Duca, but he was on the podcast being like, the thing that really hurt me about the Whitney Duca thing, the Whitney uh, Matt thing was like, me and Matt were cool. Why didn't he just come up to me and tell me like, look, I'm feeling your girl. When they got together, I was like, raw, you like these black girls too. First of all, first of all, first <laughs> of all, you didn't pick Whitney. Nope. And when we were talking about it initially, was our thought not, does this guy like black girls? Yeah, that was the thing. We did say that. Second of all, I, mean, actually, I, I, was, I think it was revealed when he was I, not revealed, but I think when he, he said just he was Yeah. Um, but also the way, like, why did you say that? Yeah. Why did you say it like that? Why did you say it like that? Because there's something about that I found myself thinking about. The black girls on this series had a lot of men saying that they liked them, yeah. but they're the two people that ended up in couples that were not successful. Yeah. So realistically. How useful is them fetish like being like your whore? I want to do you, but I don't necessarily want to be married to you and treat yeah. you like a person and give you what you need. Um, was my feeling, and so and now I feel about Duca. Don't talk. Nope. The talking. That's what exactly what Whitney was like when this guy opens his mouth. He's you a just want to punch him in the face. Yeah, and uh, there's so many things about um, Duca that intrigue me during the show. Um, firstly, the fact that he was not ever concerned that Whitney had cheated no, on him. No, he wasn't fast. Because he was fussed more that Matt betrayed him versus that Whitney betrayed they him. They didn't have a single... They had nothing. We, yeah, we justified the whole idea of, like, him wanting to say and saying, oh, I'm, I'm in this to the end. You ain't in this to the end. You're in, the, in this for Instagram followers and podcast viewers and, and podcast listeners. And actually, I wanted to ask, that podcast you listen to, who... What was the podcast and who was he speaking to? Oh, it was a guy. I'll have to find the details, but it was a guy. I feel like I've seen him do quite a lot of interv- um, interviews with like people who've come off like reality TV shows before. Was he black or white? Yeah, he's black. Okay. Um, I think I saw him do a couple of like Instagram lives with some people who left oh, Love okay. Island. I'll have to find out. I saved the TikTok so I yeah. can share. Sorry, I wasn't prepared. Um, but um, 
that guy was laughing, which I'm like always oh, like co-signing. Oh, Be careful, like grow up, honestly. But wow. to be honest, what I've seen, the, the content that he's provided, it did not surprise me one bit. That in that moment, Duke is saying that he would not have found really funny and co-signed. Because yeah. he's messy. Yeah. And you know why? Because men should be in church, studying the Bible, or building building a house. Instead, they're out here doing podcasts. You guys don't have two brain cells to rub between the, the collective group of you. <laughs> and yet everybody wants to get up in the morning. I've got a podcast. I've got a podcast. Why are you women's business? Why is your podcast a gossip podcast when you are a man? We do. I don't believe in gender norms. <laughs> but this is one thing I will go to my grave talking about. No, it has to stop. No, I would prefer... If you're going to do a podcast about a show like Married at First Sight, I would prefer for you to talk about mental health or um, the more like human side of it. Like there's a podcast that I do listen to and I think he's a great podcaster called um, Stephen Bartlett, The Diary of a CEO, who ironically had one of the experts on, the um, Paul Brunson, the black guy. Yeah, who he I had... actually think is the one that is an actor, if any of them are actors. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I but the thing is, like... I listened to the whole podcast. He's not. He's been. He's been in the matchmaking game for eleven years, and I was like, oh, eleven me. years, and you've been, and you delivered this. Yeah, but this is. But this is why I disagree with you about the experts. I think they genuinely are experts. Yeah. But I think the producers Just... on the show have much oh, more weight gosh, than the experts. Yeah. Oh, of course they do. They they present their matches to the producers. I'm sure. And the producers go this one and this one, but not that one and this one and this yeah. one. Mix oh, it up, and that's what they get. Yeah, I 100 percent agree because. Uh, Really and truly, I think you could have used the same cast, but just matched them in completely different yes, ways. And then because technically, yeah, I mean, perfectly honest. I do have another question, and I we are now deviating. But Whitney and Matt, if they were the original couple, do you think that Whitney would have done the exact same yes. thing? Yes, I agree. I yes, think- and then Joe Nash is getting in a relationship with Duca. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I just feel like I think that Whitney was not prepared for this show to begin with. Um, no, she wasn't. But I think equally, if she'd been with someone who was paid, if she'd been with someone like Adrian, I mean, I would be intrigued as well. No, no, but as in like someone who, with the personality of oh, Adrian, yes, yeah. completely different process. Yeah. yeah. Thomas was Thomas somehow locked out and got the most patient person yes. on the planet who was genuinely patient. Yeah. What she got was someone who wanted to stay on the show. Yeah. Exactly. The last thing with Duca, the whole joke of the reunion episode was that Duca's face came up one second. I even forgot he was there. I forgot. I was when like, why are you here? I was like, who is this? <laughs> Got it. Well, yeah, why are you here? We're, we're going to talk about Matt and Gemma really briefly, but firstly, when we did do our predictions, they had only just made it, started their honeymoon. Yeah. And, and that, they just had the bus stop at the honeymoon where the he stop. left and yeah. she was like, why did he leave? And then it just tumbled and continued on. Yeah, it was a and flop. And again, I don't, I don't feel sorry for Gemma because Matt gave her chance after chance and he flagged it and said, I don't like these sex jokes. I don't understand why you are so explicit. Even the the comment he made about her like masturbating in the restaurant. Well, she didn't. Not that she masturbated, she, she mimicked, mimicked it. She mimicked it, yeah. Because let's be clear, because I think that's what she was like. Obviously, I did not masturbate in the yeah. restaurant. I'm sure she didn't. But to mime it, yeah. it just, made him uncomfortable. Plus all the conversations they've had before then. I think I had heard things like, where she had said that, you know, they would have a conversation about her kind of like pulling back from the sex jokes and then Matt will make a sex joke and then he'll be like, where's the line between the two of them? I They were a combustive kind of couple, which is why I think I predicted that they won't last because yeah. they were very explosive. I, I think my prediction that they might fix this was on yeah. the basis that like, this was something that was quite sm- small. Yeah. I don't think at that point I realised how inherent to 
Gemma's personality was to be sex forward yeah. and how I think it was inherent to Matt's personality to be turned off by women who are sex forward. Yeah. And I think that was a problem. At first I thought it was, oh, this is reasonable. Like your partner's making jokes that you don't find funny, they make you uncomfortable. But I also think that like he was genuinely turned off yeah. by those comments. Yeah. And at that point, you're already not invested in this thing because you now find her repulsive. Yeah. There wasn't any coming back from that. Yeah. Because I don't think that, like, I get the impression him and Whitney probably got together, hooked up quite quickly oh, into yeah. their relationship. So it's not that, it wasn't sex that he had a problem with. It was that Whitney presented herself in a sort of very traditional femme role, which is, oh my God, I'm like so charmed by you and oh, you're a big boy and you can teach me stuff, blah, blah, whatever played up her femininity whereas Gemma was quite bold about her yeah. sexuality like I like to have sex I like to have sex all the time and I want to have good sex and for him he was like that's not what yeah. women should do they should leave that stuff yeah. to a man and yeah. that's why they were a bad fit yeah. and also I mean on the if you flipped it and the guy was as excessively sexual as she was it would be a turn off for oh. you and yeah, for but, me yeah but, but, but not so, necessarily for Gemma. Oh, yeah, for Gemma. Yeah, sorry. We can't speak on behalf of Gemma, but... Or yeah, but, women who... Or women who are in a similar, like, sex-positive type of... Or even just sex... I like sex forward, that kind of um, approach to sex. But I just... I It was a very eye-opening dynamic between the two of them. And I don't even think I feel that sorry for Gemma. I know that the the reveal of Whitney and Matt was not ideal and Matt should definitely have taken her aside not at the dinner party and no, said this is what happened. That was very mess- messy. And I, there's some stuff that Matt was... Be- d- but again, I, I don't... Excuse, but... That wasn't ideal, but I also don't think that was his plan. It was Kwame being messy boots. Oh, we're going to talk about him soon. It was Kwame being messy boots that boy up. And I can imagine Kwame... Uh, rationalizing to himself being like, like we are all whispering about it so she should know and i get that i've definitely been in a position where like you know things are being whispered about and i've been like you know what we should talk about this because i'm i feel uncomfortable but you have to also understand when something is your place mm-hmm. and as a person who once accidentally outed their friend's l- new love interest to their current partner Oof. i learned from that this is a perfect example of how this wasn't my place because I then forced a conversation between these two people that they weren't ready to do. Granted, I did that on purpose. <laughs> okay. Because I was All like... Right, Kwame. But I knew both of them and I yeah. cared about both of them equally and yeah. I was like, this isn't fair to him hmm. that you're keeping secrets from him and also it isn't fair to you that you feel stuck in this relationship. Yeah. You need to have this conversation. You're too scared to do it so... <laughs> someone has to force yeah. someone's hand and equally i was then in it yeah at that and point that, i didn't go up to him and thing. be like your girlfriend's cheating on you nothing like that but he was asking me like she's being off what's going on she's being off what's going on and i was like yeah leave i don't want to be involved yeah. so i li- what i said was talk to your girlfriend mm. that's what i said i didn't give oh wow i was so i thought you were just sitting there like you did a kwame put your pinky in the air as like no no well, no no, no, no. Your girlfriend. he was like oh she keeps talking to this guy had na- she yeah. he knew the guy can talk to this guy should i be worried and i said talk to your girlfriend which obviously would make you i get it i get that the connotation of that would be nervous but would make you nervous and force a conversation but equally i'm not gonna look you in your eye and lie to you and say you've got nothing you're my friend as well they were both my friends at this point i'd known them for about the same amount of time granted one of them i was much closer to than the other but like i just didn't don't i don't i didn't want the end result to be you look me in my eye, you lied to me that whole time. Yeah. 
if your girlfriend's lying to you, that's between you and your girlfriend. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Don't bring me into it. Yeah. She didn't ask me to either. It's not like she's like, please, like, I'm one of. She said that to me. I'd be like, I'm not doing that. But that is a very specific situation where you are doing what you think is right for a friend. I do not think Kwame thought of himself as Joan's friend so much as he was like, I'm gonna be messy. Yeah. Oh, of course. Because the fact that he repeated it twice. Because the first time he said it, no one heard. Yes. So he said, and everyone could have moved on from their Exactly. Lives. But the, my guy was like, before I even sip this tea, let me just sip, let me just spill the tea. So, um... We'll get to Kwame. We he, will... he thought he was the main character. Oh, goodness me. So, yeah, I mean, I'm... it's a shame that the relationship between Matt and Whitney didn't last because that could have been, like, a, a good story that could have come out of it. But I wish him all the best. And I feel like... Matt, I know he's been he's going through issues. So yeah. again, wish him all the best. Yeah. And Whitney as well. I feel like what my girl. She became as I said before. We're gonna get Whitney on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I feel like that. the arc. She had the arc that really showed her growth. Yeah. And if anything that she could take out of this process was that she knew and learned more about herself in this process. And the person that she hopefully will fall fall in love with more is herself versus any other character, guy, Duca, whoever, because. She she was only like I was gonna say she's not the only saving grace, but I think she's the light out at the end of a very bad dark tunnel of this show. Yes, and my last thing on this is this is why I said this is the show I'd go on because oh, yeah Whitney because no because I feel like for Whitney she genuinely learnt things about herself. Yeah. it opened her up. It made her put her in a better position to find love. Yeah. And that's what I liked about yeah. it. And that's what I thought. When the show is at its best, that's what it should have done for every single one of yeah. these characters. But if it was doing that, a lot of these couples would have been done early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Early doors. Yeah, of course. All right, moving on to another couple who basically should have done early doors is um, Thomas and Adrian. We predicted that it wouldn't last. So we were right. Here's Very my right. thing about Thomas and Adrian. Yeah. The thing that ended up being the nail in the coffin was something that they never mentioned before. Yeah. And then it just suddenly came up at the end it was the most important thing in the world, yeah. which was that they had not been intimate. We thought they did. Yes. In the recording we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. I genuinely thought they had been. Same. Um, and so when he was like, we've not even kissed, I was like, but didn't we watch you guys kiss? Yeah. And weren't you like kissing each and other? Intimate, yeah, yeah. It was very, very wild to me. And I, obviously they were not a good fit. No in other aspects. Mm. I wonder if the sex thing was what they just used as an excuse to be like, we're not a good fit. But ultimately, they were not a good fit. Mm. I think it's hilarious that it ended up being Thomas that was the one who said, let's part ways, we're not a good fit. And Adrian, just for some reason, would not leave this thing alone. Even though like the person who was suffering the most to me was Adrian. Adrian, yeah. Um, Do you think that Adrian wanted to like, finish the experiment and then be intimate after the show because the whole idea of like you don't want people to know you're having sex type of thing do you no. think it's no okay no i think it was i don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or we talked about this personally like um offline but i do not think he was attracted to thomas they never were they, they mentioned on the show but equally i don't know how i would be attracted to someone who made me nervous all the time yeah like he Thomas is talking about let's have sex, let's have sex, but you put me on edge. Yeah. So why would I be like, let's do it? Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't, for, I mean, for me personally, I would need to, I think I would need to feel really safe with that person. And I don't think and Thomas. I don't think I would ever feel safe with someone like Thomas. No, I think I, it was hard. It would be hard for Adrian to have that safety with Thomas because every time they got into it, an argument, disagreement, 
Thomas always hit below the belt always. so quickly. And he did it not just to Adrian, to other everyone. people. Yeah. And that, you, like I said this, or we said this, I actually really love our conversation about, about being right or die, right? Yeah. And if that was your energy, I would not be right or die for you. No. I'm not trying to apologise to strangers. Yeah for your behavior every single time we go out because you just can't keep it together. You don't like April, that's fine. April was never even coming at you and you'd be on the upside of the table coming at her. Throwing stuff at her. Constantly. And I'm sorry, I did not buy any of the um, apology tour he was giving in the last two episodes. I did not give it at all. I mean, it made the, the dinner party and the reunion- A bit more present. It did, yeah. But I just couldn't buy any of that nonsense. Because he would be the first one to stab you in the back. I'm telling you. I believed it solely on the basis, I think, the the longer he was away from home, mm. the more that side of him was exaggerated. And so being able to go home, because he would have gone home for yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. and come back to the show, he was probably like, ooh, embarrassing. Yeah. Like, oh. I don't care about this stuff, so why was I getting so hot and bothered over it? Yeah. Whereas when you're in it... And you're yeah. isolated. This is a guy who talks to his parents every single day. Yeah. Suddenly can't talk to them, can't talk to any of his friends, only has to talk to Adrian, who he doesn't like, comes into the dinner parties, and people are saying that he's talking shit about them. He is on high alert. Yeah. And he is at the end of his tether. And I think we saw that when they did the homestays. And he that was when suddenly all of his insecurities and issues with Adrian really came to light. Because... At some point, he Adrian became his sort of comfort blanket, his guiding light, and it was like me and you against the world. And then back in the real world, he was like, "I don't like you." What am I doing? Yeah, I mean that's you kind of got that on the last date where they, I think Adrian took him to a racing track, and he was just like, "Why am I here? It's just cold. I don't care about racing." I mean, um, and from Adrian's perspective, it was very romantic. It's like this is our first day. <laughs> it's the first time we had fun. And it was like, <laughs> no. No, Do you know I know, what I mean? Just like, no, no. The, 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 the boat had passed a long time ago. And, and that date also wasn't good. Because yeah. isn't, isn't that the time when they had their, their first big argument? Yeah. Um, I just, for me, I, Thomas gave, did give some great one-liners. Oh, Thomas. Liar! Captain Curtains <laughs> about Captain Curtains, G.I. joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's going to give the Bean Queen a run for her money. She's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Like she, he was just like honestly, great TV. He was, and that's sometimes too much. TV. That's the thing. Um, so I, I couldn't stand it. Every argument, every time they had a dinner party or any time we get together, it would be Thomas, yeah. arguing, and then he will never resolve it. He'll just walk off. That's what pissed me off. I used to have this thing about when I watched Royal Houses of Atlanta, which is completely side note. No. It was a series where Nini would continuously she would argue with everyone and then walk off. So n- nothing would ever be resolved. And like, it infuriated me. It got to like towards the end of the series and I, and I was like, nothing's not actually happened. It's just Nini talking and walking off. Nini talking and walking off. Never giving the other person the, t- the yes, time to yes. speak. Which is the exact same thing with Thomas. Yeah. He never let anyone speak. I mean, he definitely went to school of housewives oh yeah oh 100 percent. you know i mean the, the outfits get your moment girl the Have outfits but um, i mean i think that his need for sex increased massively with the sexualizations of all his outfits so at the end yeah and i think also that was an interesting point i feel like the thomas that came in and the thomas that came out on their journey of their queerness is m- more secure in their queerness 
towards yeah. the end. I yeah. feel like he probably, and I'm, I imagine that also added to his stress, right? Mm. Is that he felt like maybe he, he was presenting as a certain type of gay man for the show, which is this like, I want a house and 2.5 kids and blah, blah, blah. And so the outfits that he wore to the reunion and like even seeing him that time, like there was one dinner party where he came in Keisha's boots. Yeah, basically. You know, she'd, she'd given, she oh, must, she'd she? given oh, him the she? boots. Oh. And he, so he came in the boots and it was like, you know, you could see how much happier he was. And like, mm. actually his identity and his queerness is probably something that's a lot less gender specific. Mm. And the, tran- the, the the contrast between him in those reunion in the reunion and him throughout the show is night and day. Yeah. And I wonder if that is the, that's a, that was another part of it. It was like, I just don't feel like I'm being myself no. here. And I, and I absolutely get it as, as a queer couple on a predominantly straight show, we can't be ourselves ourselves. We probably feel like, I think this is the same as Zoe and Jenna. Let's present this very together, very um, aspirational couple. Because if we don't, people watching this would be like, gay people have shit relationships. Mm. This is why homophobia is good, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I don't think that's fair. And to them at all. But I'm happy that he's living his, his... his best life. hundred percent his best, best life. life. And um I mean we still I think have, they both are now. I think Adrian are, seems a lot freer but as do well. We know anything, do we still know anything about Adrian? We never no. Know. It was a waste, but yeah. I do have one other point about Thomas. And I know that, you know, he gave his apology tour. And I know, you know, people forgive him. I do have to flag this one thing that I didn't particularly like. Flag it. Um the way that he will constantly drag the women, particularly Whitney, particularly April. Yeah. Calling them um, bitches. Yeah. Call them fake. Yeah. Even when they weren't interacting with him. No. That, that girls night. That was the worst. It was really unpleasant. Yeah. And I, I just have this Coming thing. for Sophie because she, she's like one scene. In a, in a conversation where everyone's commenting on everyone's relationships, she did just what everyone was doing and yeah. he was like, well, you've been here for five minutes so fucking talk to me, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Whoa, oh, dude. I know. And I just, I mean, the idea of a man calling a woman a, the B word, yeah. it, it cuts in a different way than a woman calling a, another yeah. woman a, the B word. You know, so it's just... And I don't know if we talked, did we talk about this last time, the idea of being, of sometimes queer men thinking that because they're queer that equates as they're women or they can get women's no, business. I don't know if we talked about, maybe it's on a voice note. <laughs> Offline. No, 100% probably, but like, there is a very specific phenomena that ties into what the, the Thomas thing, the Thomas of it all. And there's actually a bit in Housewives where this happens, and I remember yeah. being like, it's very weird. Yeah. Where queer men um, treat themselves as if they're one of the girls. Yeah. And do not factor in the fact that they are cis men, yeah. right? And so they will get in women's business and when the girls are hurling insults at each other we'll be like I can also hurl insults at each other but don't understand the optics of a man calling a woman a bitch a fake bitch standing up and screaming that yeah. by the way not not the no. two of us are having a perfectly civil conversation I don't know if you can be civil if you're insulting each other but like standing up and yelling over conversation so yelling over me when I'm trying to explain myself to be like you're fake you're a liar you're a bitch is really is not dissimilar from a man who is not gay doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's and not. The, it's not dissimilar. I, it's the same. And I think that's where that great feeling felt when when I was watching those scenes and and seeing those arguments where 
okay, you don't like April and Whitney. Okay, you don't like some of the things that have happened. But the fact that he kept on cutting at them and again, you know, when he was arguing with Adrian and they were arguing and he would be hit below the belt. You're you know, pathetic. Yeah, pathetic. Those sort of things, yeah, I understand. I mean, I don't understand and I don't condone it. But I feel like, okay, that's an argument between this couple versus you are just out there to demonise these women. And I just didn't like it. Attacking women. Attack, yeah. I said, I mean, I don't know if I said this on, on this podcast or as a voice note, but I said, like, I imagine the, the people that made his life misery probably look like April and Whitney. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and actually there's a lot going on in that moment where he's coming for them than is about the two yeah. of them. And I, I have a lot of queer male f- friends and have had a lot of queer male f- friends since f- f- for like the past 10 years. Um, and their imagined proximity to like, femininity and, and specifically black femininity in those in those cases not necessarily yeah. Thomas's but in those cases thinks that they makes them think that they have a past to use language yeah. as if they are not in fact men yeah. and um as if you as a woman don't eventually experience that as a man calling you yeah. out your name yeah and you are a man calling me out my name yeah and i'm not saying it's okay for women to call women bitches 100 it's not mm. but the optics are even worse when you're male and that is not negated by the fact that you are queer yeah so that's just that that was just one thing i really wanted to flag back it was on call it was on call and i think there's other ways to argue and debate with women in that environment i would prefer if he was going back and forth with george which he did than he would april it's to be fair he he ate george up he did he did until until george like literally blew up yeah, but he still ate him up. He could, yeah. he would talk circles about. Georgian's not built for that. No, like. but I don't think I. Um, I think no one in that like, no one in the group, actually were built for constant arguments. No, 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 they, no, it no, feel no, like no. every time they were going into those dinner parties, it was like a, a level of anxiety because everyone was like, "It's gonna be drama. Yeah, it's gonna be drama. Yeah, it's gonna be drama." Yeah. Even when he wasn't directly insulting people, he was deliberately messy. Like when he was like, yeah. "I care about you, yeah. you and you. I give a fuck about anybody else at the table." Yeah. And then would be like, "Why are you coming at me?" You've just told me you don't give a damn about me. And I'm not allowed to say, I don't particularly care for you. I have to just be like, okay. Thomas is one of those people who throw a bomb and then still pretend he's a victim. Because he he has that thing of like, if I call you a bitch right now, I have to accept that whatever your response is, I have to go with it. it Because I made it, exactly. Because I made a decision to call you that. His thing was, I want to call you a bitch and I don't want to hear anything back. That's his thing. And that's his, that was just a whole attitude. I really wish you could see Money's face when she said that. But that is exactly how he would behave. And then, he, then he'd be like, what? You're coming back at me? I want oh, the wait, last no. word in this yeah. situation. And then he'll walk out, which doesn't help any situation. And again, it's just indi- indicative of the fact that he cannot manage conflict and he's not ready for marriage. You have to be a very strong type of person to be called out of your name and not respond yeah. and not react, yeah. right? I am a strong person. I could swallow it. No, I'm joking. I, <laughs> you would, I don't know you would Thomas, go- so I would get yeah, we're fighting. Yeah, exactly. But if who are you, you, as a friend of mine, like to me randomly at dinner table, was like, I have to tell you something. I think you're a bitch. I think I might be a bit like, I imagine that Shoshana's going through something right now. <laughs> Because she can't be in her right mind if she's talking to me I, like this. I was going to say, I, I feel like... You I, have to be I have high. To, I have to process. You have to I'll be high. Be, yeah. Or you must have hit your head recently. <laughs> to really be looking my face looking mad to me. I feel like if you said that to me, I think it would take me a minute to process. And I'd be like, 
Is she okay? Yeah, I wish she's in my list today. I don't understand. I'm genuinely like, is she alright? Yeah, it's rather than for me to get hot right now, I really am confused. I'm worried for my friend because who does she think she's talking to? I was okay, completely random. Um, I was in M&S buying some bras. I know it's like not even interesting. Tatas. But because I got a gift card from my um my mum and my sister. I <laughs> 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 boyfriend got you a gift card from us. <laughs> do you know what? Most of us do great bras. They so. do, but like it's not sexy, is <laughs> no. it? Not like La Senza. La Pala. You know, something like, ooh. Oh, I got you a gift card to Marks, but spice off some nice Snickers. No, Marks and Sparks. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Get yourself so, some bread and some Snickers. But in, I'm saying Knickers, by the way. Yeah, Knickers, yeah. Um, but in the, with this gift card, it was placed in this really beautiful gold um, tin, which I think was like a Christmas edition. But the thing with this tin, I couldn't open the, the tin itself because I had like fake nails on. And I was, so I had some difficulty opening it. So I went to the cashier and I was speaking to this woman and I was literally I was like, got to the cashier, I was like, hi there, um, these are my items. I'm so sorry, I can't open this um, tin, which has this gift card, which has the voucher number for me to pay for it. And she was like, oh, that's a shame. And then I looked at her and no, she said, oh, that's a shame. I can't help you with that. And she just looks at me and I was like, I was so taken aback because you know you're in an establishment like MS in like central oh, so you London. Can help me. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? And then I said, for real? I just said, give me the items and I walked off. Yeah. I was so shocked. I'm not paying that, for this. No, though. exactly. I was like, I'm so shocked that I I came in thinking Did oh, you go to another cashier? Yeah, I went downstairs. I went literally went downstairs and the woman was That's like, what I done. And then she was like, Oh, and then I I complained. I was like, you this woman upstairs go and report her because she's so rude put her in the bin yeah exactly she does, She should be in the bin and then the woman the woman was like oh you don't even need to open the tin the voucher number was displayed in the back but I didn't see it that's what your fault that, she could have said so if that, she was like oh I can't open it yeah. but, I, but by the way the voucher's on yeah. the back and the woman was like oh don't worry this tin has been a problem for everyone because it's so intricate people can't actually open it it's so cute as a gift gift and a voucher but you can't actually use it. It's not practical. That's why this little glass thing is there. Anyway, the reason I said that is because of the shock. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone did call me out my name and I wasn't expecting it, it does take me a couple of minutes to process. Like, is this what we're doing? Especially in the, the environment. Whereas Thomas is someone who would just like be chucking stuff at you. And be like, to be fair, after the second, third week of this, you must be coming in prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you have the to. The minute he opens his mouth, I'll be like, Thomas, sure. watch yourself. And that's where George blew up. Thomas, watch yourself. Because... Yeah. The first time you did it, I let it slide. The second time you did it, I let it slide. You did it today. I'm dashing the string in yeah, your face. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's gonna come to violence yeah. because apparently words is not enough. You won't let me speak, so actions is gonna have to yeah. act. And recently, several people have told me I'm quick to violence. <laughs> I'm quick to violence. Like your your mind goes to. I was talking to my old boss, and he was like, "Ah, oh, um, this commissioner is treating me like." Um, like a husband who's cheating on his wife and I'm at home waiting waiting for him to come back and I know that he's out with other people but he keeps telling me he's not and I was like oh I won't have anyone cheat on my girls let's go smash his windows in and he's like what I like about you Marnie is that you're really quick to violence <laughs> and I said am I? and then I thought about it and I was like yeah sometimes words don't fit and also I'm definitely back in the school of some people need to get hit to be taught a lesson <laughs> There's no, there's, no, no, I'm no, telling you, there's too I many do. people who feel brave nowadays to go yeah. around and be talking wild to strangers. Because yeah. they think strangers won't hit them. Yeah. That is true. I'm not saying I would hit people. No, personally, no. But what I'm saying is, 
Always have a read ready. Watch your mouth. Yeah. Because if I, if I do, <laughs> there is a moment for me in my head where I'm like, should I respond or should I hit this person? <laughs> <laughs> We can we can go back and forth. I can just knock you out. That's really what no, we're going to do. No, I think I've got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to stay quiet and walk away, because if I stood, stood there and argued with that woman at the M&S cashier, I again I will look like the problem. I've watched um, too much Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, Atlanta. shoot, that's the thing. My first thought is I don't want to go back and forth. Eventually, I'm going to reach across the yeah, table the, and the grab whack, you. Yeah. So let's just cut to that. Yeah, but I think if I know you well. And that happens. I want you to check. Where, I would not I'll, grab you. I'll check where you where we are. I, mean, I think of it. If I'm in a deep argument, like like someone I know, like my fa- a family member, and we're both angry, and it's gonna go there. You know when Michelle Obama says go high, <laughs> I, I will drag you to the floor. <laughs> a friend of ours recently at an event was getting a bit sassy in the mouth, and I made a decision. I was like, I have to remove myself from this situation. And that's <laughs> because. I'm actually starting to get a bit hot about this. And I feel like she's talking wild because she's drunk. And if she keeps talking wild to me, I'm actually going to say something. That's not nice. And so I think sometimes walking away is good. Pick your moments for the violence. Pick your moments for the read. And that's pretty much it. But George did pick a lot of violence. And speaking of George, we're moving on to April and George. We're moving on to April and George. Um, So our prediction was, Marnie, you said no. (laughs) They won't be together. I said... Yes, they will be together during the show, Erin, but break up afterwards. And I think I would say that I was right. <laughs> so shall we talk about April yes. and George? Yeah. A lot of things came to light. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Post-star recording, which was that George um, was being investigated about three separate occasions Jesus. where he had love-bombed and harassed and potentially stalked partners who didn't want to be with him anymore. And it's very interesting to hear that in the light of this situation with his wife and that he's been with people in the past but couldn't trust them. And I think the thing that was interesting is because we very rarely, unless we're in something, witness that kind of like controlling behavior, the sort of, the way that those people would spin their story, which is like, I'm the victim in this. And so it was really interesting to watch George really push this narrative that in his relationship with April, he was the victim and that she was constantly not reassuring him. He was desperate to be with someone who who he could trust, who wanted to be with him, who was committed. And April just was constantly giving him signs that he couldn't trust her. The reality is the way a, a, a person who is abusive in that specific way is, is that they do pitch things as if they're the victim and you're the you're the the abuser mm. and that they need more and more from you so that you get to a place where you're you they have your undivided attention you are giving 150 percent to this relationship because they're telling you they have an insecurity and you need to reassure their insecurity they just want you to be completely solely focused on them and that's what kind of ended up happening when um, with April because she was constantly reassuring George throughout the whole series or from the time we recorded um, till the end to the point where she was only working four days a week at her job. She had given up one day so she could be closer to him because he lived outside London and she was a city girl. So for me, it, a lot of the, the last latter part of the series 
didn't sit very well. Yeah, because um, we found that out. Someone had, someone did a TikTok um, detailing his alleged um, yeah. accusations yeah. at like the midpoint of the series, and then suddenly we were like, "April, you're a danger girl." Yeah. Um, and then actually, everything that he did post that I found myself like doing a double take at yeah. because I just thought this is it's and I think this is this is the really interesting thing and complicated thing about relationships is that like if someone has good intentions for you it's perfectly reasonable that they feel insecure and they want you to reassure their yeah. insecurity mm-hmm. someone has bad intentions for you suddenly that reassurance is a way to coerce you and control you yeah. and you don't know yeah. until you're in it and you know luckily for April or unluckily for April there are other women who have dealt with George who yeah. could tell her, honey, you're in it. But the fact that he made it onto the show, oh my goodness. that Channel 4 didn't do checks, the production company yeah. didn't do checks, yeah. this man was able to be in an intimate relationship with this woman for several weeks with pending court cases. Basically, something went massively wrong with this couple, with the vetting process. There should be teams behind the production company who check, not just like the basic check of like what they've been saying on social media because all this stuff is covert. Like we wouldn't have found this out if someone didn't talk about it on TikTok. I do agree that there is there is some fault or something on Channel 4 for not actually speaking up about it because I feel, I feel like as fans, it would be due diligence for them to at least say they're aware of, you know, the accusations or, or they're aware of something around this. Yeah. Whereas the show, they aired the show, they had other live shows that were, um, I think it was, is it Unveiled? Married at First Life Unveiled with um, AJ. Uh, AJ. 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 With AJ. Talk about AJ earlier. <laughs> yeah, fine. yeah, that's why. Um, and none of that was mentioned at any point. I don't think George was featured in any other live shows. Of course he wouldn't. But there was no mention of it, even in the real time show. So I just feel like either um, Channel 4 or E4 were trying to brush it under the carpet or didn't want to make a comment about it because it's a, like an ongoing investigation. But I just think it's very worrying. And, yeah. you know, I know we'll go, go on and talk about other couples where, you know, the issue was like behind the scenes or their jobs were being a stripper or entertainer. But this one's actually really serious because this guy is a criminal, well, alleged criminal yeah. and coercer, especially in this field, which is what the show is about, love and relationships. Um, and I think it became very apparent, you know, you could see it as the series continued and the fact that he was quite manipulative in terms of, you know, always crying about the trust issues and um, saying, oh, I love her. But then the constant emotion of George, which is what kind of irritated me about April at the beginning of the series, because she would become super emotional anytime she felt like she was being attacked, which... Perfected. <laughs> She never cried. She never, she did, never no. cried on the show. There, there was a scene when Thomas was going at her. They were at the, um, the, the retreat. And then she's like, oh, I didn't do anything. And then she starts crying. And I was like, girl, leave it. Because that's when I was like, you are They're being fake. Real and I wanted, And that was the time I was like, Thomas, drag her. Drag her for this. <laughs> Get it because, together, Thomas. Because I'm like fed up with this. But then towards the end, George did the exact same thing. So, but um, I think it is... There's also been news, it may be rumoured or alleged, allegedly, that um, April has gone into therapy because of the situation with George. Um, so I do wish her the best as well. Because yeah, 100%. It's, it's, she definitely didn't deserve no, that. No, she didn't at all. Like She didn't know that she was going to sign up to the show where she thought she was going to meet the love of her life and actually met this criminal. Predator. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, there's nothing much to say. They did say yes at the, sh at the you know at the commitments or the final commitment ceremony and the vow renewal, but from what we've seen so far, we do not believe they're together. And I, you know, we we're right. Who's our next couple? Our next couple is Kasha and Kwame. So um, Kasha, you were real G. Kasha, we predicted. Oh, so you predicted that it won't last. Yeah. I said maybe, but I think we kind of both agree that they may say yes. But they definitely wouldn't work out. And we were 150,000% right. Earlier, Dragon. before the podcast, I was talking to Shoshana about how it would shake me to my core if I found out tomorrow morning that this whole time I was Nigerian. The only <laughs> thing that would make it okay was that it would mean that I was in no way related to Kwame. <laughs> First of all, Kwame, Kwame... Kwame, Kwame, Kwame. How? <laughs> how can you, right, go on to, the, the persona that he has of, like, I'm a good time gal, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a local lad. You took a girl to a park. I <laughs> said, this is your house. You're not embarrassed. I'm so finished. When they were showing the video at the reunion, everyone was like, I was like, are you not embarrassed? And he had audacity to be like, I don't really know why she left me. You oh, took you... a girl to the park. You took a big woman, not even a girl. A... If you're 14 and you take a girl to the park, I understand. Cute. Big man and big woman to the park. I and be... you're like, why won't you talk to me anymore? <laughs> you're like, I'm sat on this couch with you. you the way you have embarrassed yourself, I'm embarrassed that I even went this far on this, this journey with you because the way you made a fool of me, you made a fool of yourself. Now people are going to associate us. No, hmm. no, 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 the, no. The joke of that whole um, house visit was when Kwame went to go and see Kasha's house, he sat there in her beautiful house and said, oh, I really understand why, you know, you get to know people when you go into their house. I was looking at him going, this clown over here. The only <laughs> grace of the situation is, and on top of this, when we first started talking about it, what did I say? Kasha saying she's got a thing for West African men, I don't understand. <laughs> Did you not learn your lesson? <laughs> Didn't you learn a lesson from this? You must have learned a lesson because not all West African men are built the same. No. Nope. Be very specific when you say you like a certain man. Me, I like God-fearing, respectable man with a house. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> That's like. That's willing to let me go and see this house. <laughs> no, in future, I will be added to my list of things. Must have a house that I can go inside and see. Do you know how disgraceful that is that you have to be added that to your list? I just think that He was a joke. He was absolutely a joke. He was here for his podcast. That's what he was here for. And I don't even know what his podcast is about, but if it's about relationships, go to the bin. He was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> go to the bin. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Not get in, just go there. Go there and look at the bin. Go, go back to the bench. There you were. You went to go. You're going on the time out bench in the park. <laughs> think about your actions, think about your behaviour. Um I think the whole bench thing, a lot of people were um suspecting that he may have an, another relationship yeah. on the life he was broke yeah living in his mum's house yeah i the way i never would have predicted that was the way that that relationship would have dissolved i, I already I thought do. they were not good match because i simply do not think he was attracted to her no I mean, um and even at the like, final conversation that they had when they were like can you apologize to keisha and he was like i always told her that she was an attractive woman you're not listening no. to the situation she said i was telling you my life story and your response is raw, Izzy. That's mad. <gasps> Disrespect. And then, having seen the clip, 
having heard her tell you it was disrespectful, you're still sitting there being like, if I've offended you, you don't get what you did wrong. No. You don't understand what you did wrong. And if it was really a mature person, you say, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I still don't really understand what I did wrong, but I'm willing for you guys to explain it to me because I just don't get it. I feel like I respected Keisha. She feels like it was disrespectful what I did. Please tell me what I did wrong. And he could have had a conversation where he was being open and honest. The, the expert said to him, do you not think you owe her an apology? And he was like, I don't think I did anything wrong. No. And they said, but you're hearing that the person that you care about is upset. Do you not think you owe her an apology? But I told her she was pretty. What's that got to do with anything? Yeah. Kwame just... <laughs> He lacks the emotional intelligence. He lacks just the intelligence in general. When Sophie came back, right, in the room, yeah. the first thing he said was like, oh, no, no, um, what's his name? I can't remember. Sophie's... Jonathan. No, Jonathan. No, Jonathan, yeah. I better behave myself. Oh. Something like that. Okay, this, this is a theory that we had. I don't think we said it fully online when we were recording it, but we both were suspected that Kwame was not definitely not interested in um, Kasha. And he ain't looking for West African women. Period. He's looking for more Western England. <laughs> Midlands. The mad thing is, Sophie's barely more petite than yeah. Keisha is. Yeah. You're looking for petite girls, but to be it's fair, he said petite girls and then he said Rihanna and Beyonce. Petite <laughs> <laughs> white, per- curvy girls. Petite wear. No. I just think that Kwame was a joke. And he, he, was, he was here for just for jokes and bands. And Kasha... The worst thing is, he really was actually... He really believed that he was a victim at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I tried. I tried to speak to her. I tried to reach out to her afterwards. The damage was done. She didn't want to be with you. Yeah. The worst thing is... This is why I I start... Well, I don't know. I feel a certain type of way about, like, men. Sorry, I'm cussing a lot of men in this episode. But the inability to read um, body language. Yeah. Where I can't even look you in the eye, something has gone wrong. Because at the bare minimum, even if the relationship's not worked out, if we're on good terms, I should be able to look at you. She couldn't be more turned away from him. Yeah. At the dinner party, she didn't even on the question. bench, she, she didn't talk to him. No. He came over to her, he's like, oh, you can't talk to me. She said, I don't want to talk to you. She actually said that to him. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. I think she felt this level of, one, the realisation. I think probably got towards like the latter end of the experiment that she got the realisation that this guy was a joke. Because, bless Kasha, she did try hard. Why, she, though? She tried her hardest. She got the lingerie. She straddled him. I she mean, felt embarrassed that you... I, I think, and I think that she's also felt that embarrassment. She was there talking to her friends going, do you think Kwame is someone or the one? And they, the friends were already telling you what you already knew. He, this guy was a joke. Yeah. He can't answer a question. Whitney, our dear Whitney, was already pointing out that Kwame is not, is not here for, you know, for he actual love. He can't answer a question. He can't answer a question. It's not genuine. He can't ask a question. So, and I think, okay, my question to you, about this is did you buy that thing on the couch where she was like I wasn't falling from it I have feelings from it at all no I don't believe that I think she was in that safe race yeah I, I, and, at, and at that point I did feel bad for her I was like yeah. you probably you're, I feel like you're covering up for that yeah. that you were starting to fall for him potentially yeah. or pay- at least you told yourself that this is what I wanted so it should yeah. work out yeah. but you also you need it needs to be reciprocated yeah. that's why when people go I have a type I have a type realistically you're not going to pick your type 
even though they're not interested in you over someone who is. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And I think she probably, you know, initially at the beginning, she was probably Listen, like, Jordan wanted you. Jordan, did, Jordan did want reach you. Reach out to Jordan. Jordan wanted you. And he likes, you know, yeah. like Dukas. He likes a fit girl. He does. He likes a black girl. He lo- <laughs> loves a booty. And because she needed her booty. And so he likes her. cake. He does. He does. But um, one thing that I think Kashi probably was lulled in with Kwame which I kind of believed in their in the initial part of their story was that they had great banter. You could tell that they could they could have been friends if it wasn't for the I show. I could have made it through. I could not have made yeah. it through a week with him. Yeah, I not not to live with him. I think that if they went out on the honeymoon, I, yeah, yeah. Every, the way that he spoke, everything about the way that he spoke felt so affected to me and calculating. Did not feel honest. Didn't feel genuine. I didn't I, buy him as but a person. I, I get I get the impression that you know that's again him. that's him. But also, Cash has gone out with many a men like Kwame. Because I think that's, I mean, for her to be like, I like my West African men. She's, she has definitely experienced... I think it's a Caribbean thing. We have a friend who's Caribbean who only dates West African men, yeah, basically. I wonder if that's just a thing. Like, Maybe. they feel different and new and fun. Yeah. But they're not different and new and fun to no, us. No, because we know them. Yeah, <laughs> That's the thing. No, but I think it's the characteristic and the confidence. I, I think, on paper, I understood why the experts matched them together because of the whole like power dynamic, power couple. He never, do you know what is really but interesting? You to never me. knew what he did. We never knew what he did, and honestly, he actually genuinely never struck me as a person who was confident. He struck mm. me as a person who talks a lot. He did not strike me as a person who was confident. But you know that that whole thing of like you know the people that you know get ahead or progress chat faster, they chat the loudest. Yeah. And that's what Kwame gives me. Like, he can do the chat. He can do the drinks. He can do the socialising. He's that kind of guy. And, but deep, deep, deep down, there's nothing there. Or deep down, you'll be, you'll be cracking, that like you'll be trying to break and break that nut to try and get to the inner part of Kwame and only him can open up to you. And you do have to work at a relationship, yeah. but you can't do the work for both no. of you. And, that's, and that's, Keisha in that, in that homestay was doing the work for yeah. both of them. The fact that he wasn't, I don't know. But she had to tell him that story. It wasn't like he was like, listen, yeah. I want to get to know you. Tell me more about yourself. Not that like, it was never, it was never, he never initiated any sense of like trying to really get to know her. Yeah. Um, and ev- even at the end, everything he had to say about her was so surface level. Yeah. She's a boss. She has a business. This is stuff you can learn about her in week one. Yeah. What did you learn about her? Nothing. Nothing. I think I mentioned in the um, previous recording that I'm watching the Married at First Sight US version, which is currently running at this moment in time. And there's a similar couple, actually there's a very similar couple with this dynamic where there's like a power woman, quote unquote power woman, also a black couple, oh, I don't know, sorry, she's mixed race. And she owns her own house. She just bought her own house. The husband is now moved into the house. Um, the, the husband is a day trader, so he's making some money, but definitely not in the same arena as she. And she, I think she mentioned her salary. She's only in bread. Big, big, big breads. Um, and anytime the guy talks about the woman, he just talks more about the financial aspects to her or the financial benefits of her. Like, you know, she's a, she's a power woman. She earns lots of money. She's, she, she knows herself. She, you know, she knows her role. She's, you know, confident. He talks about the characteristics that you would expect your employee to talk about <laughs> you, but not in a husband or relate in, in a in a relational setting. And that's the exact same thing Kwame was giving me. Like he sees that like, the benefits of her, but doesn't actually want to get to know her. I spoke to a colleague about this. Well, again, this is a tangent based on what you said, but like the idea that men feel quite emasculated by women who kind of who have their shit together yeah. to some degree, and that they, you know. 
this in an attempt to sort of realign the gender roles will focus on on the parts of you that are fat like the way you look you're mm. a woman the thing that you should be priding yourself on is how you present yourself and the fact that you're desirable yeah. and the actual things that make Keisha genuinely really interesting and and powerful as a person are how independent she is how yeah. she really really clawed her way back from quite a difficult situation to get mm. to where she was it's so admirable and i can imagine gen- i can imagine anyone being coupled up with someone like that might feel a sense of um inferiority yeah, like crazy, i've never yeah. done what you've done before and like mm. maybe potentially you don't need me but he offered nothing absolutely nothing this guy he was trash nothing, offered nothing and honestly we're going to get Kwame on the podcast to drag him in person. <laughs> what would we go on his podcast? Nah, mate. You're a flop. No. no I'm joking. No. Um, anyway, guys, gun independence, much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so keen to see if Kasha does get with um, a West African man for her next relationship. Get on it. I, I'm sorry. Make decisions based on qualities, not on where someone's from. Yeah. Makes no difference. We literally spent all day, like today at work, we were literally talking about identity. And the one thing that I thought as we were talking about it is like the issue with race and racism is treating black people like they're a monolith. Yeah. Where all of us have very different experiences. Equally, we all have very similar experiences, yeah. right? And those are the things that bond us. But, you know, you are a person in your own right. And so the idea of just saying, blanket statement, a West African man does not provide specifics for who you're looking for. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. There are West African men who don't engage in their culture. Yeah. So you have to be specific about what you're looking yeah. for. It can't just be like, technically, DNA-wise, you are from West yeah, Africa. Because, I mean, technically, DNA-wise, some of you Caribbean people are from West Africa. So what's you your point? You may be West African well, yourself. Yeah, pick someone next to you. But I would say that... Um, yeah, I hope that this has been an eye-opening experience for, for her in terms of who she should be with. I think she's going to meet someone, you know, really soon and, and hopefully find that love story that she really wants. My favourite thing about the whole thing is... Um, a woman. <laughs> I think she should meet a woman. A woman would respect what she does. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I, you Sorry know. I'm making blanket statements about men. Any <laughs> men listening to this, just... It's not you. <laughs> this is not your but episode. But maybe it's you. It's not your episode, but still listen. <laughs> not all but, men, but maybe some of you. But I will say that for um, Kasha, I, uh, yeah, I'm keen to see who, she, who she'll get with next. Oh, it's um, also my favourite thing out of this whole thing was a social media post that you sent to me. <laughs> where oh, my girl document, well, she sent, shows pictures of the whole Married at First experience. Yeah, she's like, today's the finale, everyone tune in. It was a great experience or something. A great experience. And then she covered Kwame's Face, body, fingers. In all of their wedding shots. Every single shot. My favourite is the three dots. On the the fingers. On the fingers. I don't even want to show his face. I don't even want to show his fingers. Anyway, let's move on to a couple that did last. Well, for now. Zoe and Jenna. I don't have nothing to say about these two. Let's move on. Yeah, nothing to say. Congratulations. <laughs> I genuinely do not care yeah. about this couple. Oh, I, don't I'm get... happy for them. Yeah, so I really am. Yeah, because the way they was acting about the vegan thing, you thought they're not going to make it. I, I but they have. We predicted they were going to get it. Um, get equally, together. I think it's made them kind of superior in the group. And I don't love that. Yeah. No, so. I mean, they're, they're, 
there was something that happened at the beginning of the show i think it was during the honeymoon where they sat there and spoke about their commitment to this process and they said i'm willing to be committed to this they talked about they were starting to talk future and they were only like a week in mm -hmm. and that was very different to majority of the couples i think with the exception of shinita and jordan so i really got the impression that they saw this more than just a six yeah. week or eight week experiment and i've seen other couples from other franchises have done similar things where you can tell that the commitment is from day one whereas these people they don't know where the commitment starts or ends yeah. uh, or they're not willing to do the experiment or they're, they're looking at it as more of an experiment than a commitment and that's that's what i can say i will say one more thing about Zoe and jenna their beef with whitney and matt felt really weird and pointed yeah. to me i don't know why i get it i think i think matt rubbed them up the wrong way i think jonathan rubbed them up the wrong way but Jonathan and Matt are two people that I do think deserve the shit they got. Um, but equally, Manjo, maybe it's just me and, and like the sort of selfishness in me that like, if I'm doing good, I'm not fussed about what you're doing. Yeah, that was my one thing about the- Why like, are you fussed? Yeah, I, that's the one thing I don't like about this format or how they've changed the format over time with Married at First Sight is the whole dinner parties aspect, the commitment ceremonies in front of everyone. I just don't like how public it is. Because that in itself has more pressure to the relationship. That's really fragile. It has nothing to do with you. Exactly. You're not in my house, you don't know what happens. You don't yeah. know what I get up to. If I decide I don't want to be my partner anymore, why are you weighing in? Yeah. Focus like, on your thing. Yeah, like when Shanice and how you're, you're sad you can't eat bacon in your house. Mind your yeah. business. And then they'll turn to everyone and be like, what do you guys think? That does care. not matter. Anyway, talking about another couple that's heard about people's opinions. Sophie and Jonathan. We both predicted maybe. Because again... Similar to Gemma and Matt, we were in the, we were only seeing the first early moments of the honeymoon. Um, I like Sophie. I, I like to Sophie. Her. I do, and I still like her now. I related to her. And of actually, the two of them, it ended up being Sophie. Yeah. I think the thing that we were worried about, which didn't actually end up being a big thing, was the fact, difference in lifestyle yeah. and difference in, like, work ethic mm -hmm. ambition etc that became completely minor in comparison to jonathan's mouth <laughs> jonathan jonathan jonathan, jonathan i told you this show's just taught me men shouldn't be talking as much as they feel to talk so yeah the, his infamous horse leg comments about you know he doesn't want sophie to exercise with the guys in the same way so that she doesn't get horse legs that was strike number one then the fact that he, he said if she he was dating someone and they put on loads of weight um in the early days he would not be attracted to them anymore strike and two. encourage them to lose weight strike two i mean the guy was very aesthetic the based with all his comments he didn't really care and do you know what is also nuts like sophie's going to the gym you're sat at home talking about how her body oh, should be in some god. way oh god I've done. I'm done. Just because you've been genetically best by being like tall and slim does not mean that you then get to comment on somebody who has to work for the their body on how their body should look. The entitlement of it all. So I mean, I wasn't surprised. Towards the end of this experiment, I thought they weren't even going to make it past vow renewal. No, they had a and horrible conversation just before the vow renewal. Terrible. Yeah, and even the way he positioned the vow renewal. I didn't like, like, he, I'm, I think on the show it was probably edited, he didn't even compliment how she looked, but I think that was edited out. Um, it, I just think that Jonathan is not ready for a relationship. Another one who's not ready for a marriage, sorry. He's no, not ready for he a marriage. He doesn't know how to talk to people. So no. I don't know how he thinks he's going to be doing marriage because 
you do have to, you, in any relationship, you need to learn how to talk to that person with respect. Yeah. And kindness, even when you don't want to. Yeah. And he can't even do that when he wants to. Bare minimum. So yeah, I mean, I wish him all the best. I think Sophie's going to go back to live her life. I think she's going to go back and find a suit guy in the city. Mm. Like she should have, not on this show. And I again, I feel that like they're pairing. I mean, one, they maybe they're a very attractive couple, but part of that was just for drama. Yeah. And it frustrated me. Um, we're going to just finish up with the last two couples who weren't even together by the time we were recording. They had already said no. Um, and that is PJ and Jess and Lara and Richie. PJ and Jess are now best buds. Sure. So sure they are. <laughs> there's sure. nothing much to say. I don't buy it, sure. No. I mean, the whole fact that like, she's going to go now and see him in the Dream Boys act, you know, after slagging more For free or she's going to have to pay for it? I'm assuming he's going to give her, like, throw her a bone, for real. I mean, literally. I can't wait to see where their relationship is genuinely at once the show comes out. And she instantly hears how she was talking about him. Yeah. Oh, we're mates, we're mates. Were you honest with how you, yeah. you and your mum was basically telling him that he was scum for what he did? I'm very intrigued to know when they filmed that reunion. Because that's also one of my thing, feelings about... If they filmed the reunion in the first week of the show, Erin... No, I don't think the show was out. Uh, yeah. I think they filmed they, it before the show They were all way out. too polite. Yeah. I saw a TikTok today from um, Adrian and Thomas where they were like, we're getting a divorce. And they're like out in Shoreditch just having a good time. They're not so, even married. Well, they certainly are. And I remember I saw a TikTok as well from Jess being like, I'm here to clear up this conversation about me spreading the room about shinning. I was like, no one gives a damn no, about that. Anymore. I didn't even realise Jess was part of it. No, really? at the end, April was like, Jess said, then suddenly uh, Jess was in it. And then Thomas was saying, right, so now you're saying you didn't say it, Jess said it. But so Jess isn't messy. here anymore, yeah. so how convenient. It's just so messy, so messy. These also, people... ultimately, nobody, like, it didn't do Did anything, anything. change anything. She needed, didn't care less. No. And it just was pointless. Um, as for Lara and Richie, I have to be honest, when Lara came out into the dinner party, um... I, and the way she looks, she looks so like put together. She looked like she was coming for a different event. Mm. And I had the impression that she had moved on, found someone. Mm. She just seemed a lot happier. Mm. And then stark contrast when she's on the sofa speaking to the experts and saying, oh, well, she's given up on love. Like she felt like if Married at First Sight doesn't work for her, she's done. And be I'll, I'll be like- cool. This is a television program. Be practical. Yeah, I mean, if Married at First Sight is your last hope, oh, the pits. I also think, I think that must be part of the um, uh, auditioning process. You can't be people like us who, who understand that television is artifice. Yeah. You have to come into it thinking that it genuinely cares, like the show cares about you and wants the best for you. I just think that's BS now because how many times have we had this series on not just UK, but so many different other formats? Of course, you know, things are manipulated. No. When you look at the comments, so um, uh, April and I saw a TikTok. TikTokers really understand what I'm interested in. Oh, they do, yeah. A TikTok from April and Whitney where they've gone to get a glass of wine and they're like, um, so apparently we're the bitches. Like, it was like a, 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 a lip sync to some yeah. audio. Like, a, I feel like it was a housewives audio thing. Yeah. And all the comments were like, you guys were the bitches of the, of the team. I couldn't stand you. I can't stand you, Whitney. I was like, people don't, take the show 100% yeah. as fact. Yeah. They do not do any critical thinking. Some people, yeah. Yeah, some not all people, 
And those are the people that you make the show for. Yeah. And those are the people that you cast on the show. Because they're, mm. they're the ones that will audition thinking it's real. And the problem was that Whitney was a bitch the whole time. Not yeah. thinking about how triggering it would be to be placed with someone who deliberately wants to be on a TV show. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that was really sad to see. And then for Richie, I just hope he grows up. <laughs> I have nothing else anyway, to Anyway, Richie, good luck to you. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to both of you. Yeah. Wow, that was a review and a half. Would you watch next season? Yeah, I will. Because I still find it entertaining. Same. <laughs> I think it's like a nice, like, palate cleanser after Love Island. I think it's, I will say this, though. Yeah. Both Love Island and this need to work on what they do in the latter half of the series. Because oh it becomes so boring. Yes. Like, I don't care about homestays. Yeah. I need to think of something it else. It was an eye-opening moment for like, Kasha and Kwame, for instance. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was entertaining. But, but most people, it's just like, meet my mum who you met at the wedding. Yeah. Meet my dad who you met at the wedding. I don't care. Yeah. Also, I didn't like they were splitting out some episodes into like extra like part one, part twos. Like, we don't need it. You're just literally doing it for scheduling. The dinner party and the, re- and the couch bit could have been one episode. Yeah, that's so true. Because that's the dinner party didn't have that much. Nothing. Of a shock value. And the, de- yeah. the sofa didn't either. No. So... I do agree. I mean, I'm, I'm, I always hope with these type of shows for the love and the rom- romance. But I think I've not got used to Married at First Sight just being drama. Mm. I, I think that it would be so interesting if they gave options. If it was more like relationship at first sight, boyfriend and girlfriend at first sight. That's love is blind. Though, that is, of, yeah. It? I just want to see more love stories. Like one of the couples from the previous series just had a baby. Yeah. So, you know, these things can work. But my goodness, if you are on the show, you one, you need to be serious. Yeah. You need you need to have had some therapy before you come on the show because some people are using Married at First Sight and the experts as a, your your now therapy time. You need to sort some of this stuff out beforehand because I'm you know <laughs> please because we're seeing it unravel on the show. Yeah. Or there should be a different show for that. Yeah, couples therapy. <laughs> singles therapy. Singles. They should therapy. get. A, they should get a bunch of. I think the show should be they get a bunch of singles. Um. Like hold mixes like every week or whatever, yeah. and it's like the goal is to find someone. Yeah. But equally, if you don't, you know, it's fine. You yeah. have you learn something from experience and you leave the show. Yeah. Um. And and it's not so intensely like you failed if you don't stay in your marriage. It's yeah. like the right thing to do is whatever the right thing to do for you is. But people and I genuinely think you could sell the show because people are just so interested and always will be in the, in the subject of relationship and love yeah. and marriage. Everyone loves it, yeah. So. Um, what was the other thing? After the producers, please listen to your experts. Like, after listening to that interview with Paul Brunson, this guy has been in the game for a long time. I mean, he's done a lot of entertainment stuff, but he's a matchmaker, and I feel like you need to lean in into those experts. They're not just there for, like... Bounce. They're not there for as wallpaper, just to look cute and say a couple of nice words and you know, rep around the couples. They're actually experts. Please lean into them, because I'm tired of seeing more drama than romance. And then to whoever was doing the vetting, fire them. Yeah, or like, you need action. Don't give it to the intern this please time. Please Give don't. it to somebody who is like, actually going to do the work. Yeah. Because you can't. Honestly, I've said at several points. I don't know if I said it in our episode before, but I've said it to you in our voice notes since. I actually feel like this series was incredibly unsafe. Like, yes. I just, I felt like the Thomas of it all, the George of, George it, of it all. all Kwame. The Kwame of it all. Like, they're just... I just feel like they put a lot of people in situations that I'm like, is this even legal? Like, yeah. good practice. Yeah. Like, legal aside, because obviously a lot of this stuff is, is legal. It's not a crime. But, like, 
good practice to put people in those positions yeah. who you, you're basically asking to share their, their lives with you. Yeah. Like you do have to treat your contestants, as they were, yeah. or participants like people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Married at First Sight. Married at First Sight for our pop culture news. We're gonna go to the review of the week, which is Red Rose. Red Rose on BBC yeah. Three. Well, you can also watch it on BBC iPlayer. Yeah. So, Red Rose is a YA horror thriller, should we say, yeah. about a young woman who has just finished secondary school and receives a email link to a app called Red Rose. Yeah. And initially the intention of Red Rose, it seems, is to give you your heart's desire. So she wants to go to this party um, but doesn't have the money to get an outfit and Red Rose provides her with an outfit and new trainers and she goes to the party. But Red Rose is also slowly starting to influence her behaviour and is alienating her from the rest of her friends. It's also convinced her that the spirit of her mum is the entity behind this energy almost. Mm. Um, and so she thinks she's been haunted by her mum and then something very catastrophic happens to her, which is that she is- Spoiler alert. Dies in the bar. Yeah. And that sort of kickstarts the show. Yeah, And I was quite shocked, actually, that they killed off their main character yeah, so, so early in the show. It's very rare that you do that. Um, and that the show actually mo- maintains its momentum having yeah. killed the, le- the, the lead. Um, but I think it's partly because the show brings on the, the thriller whodunit aspect. Yes. Which is what maintains the hook for the series and yeah. what makes you want to know what happened. Yeah. Or was what happened she to killed her, to or did she commit suicide? Yeah. Which is what her fam what the adults in the in the story believe. Yeah. And I love a story. It sort of reminds me of um Stranger Things. Like yeah. the beauty of Stranger Things is that there's the kids are on a journey and the adults are on a journey, but it's almost two different journeys. And what is it like when the adults won't, won't believe you, you've got to take sort of matters into your own hand. And her best friend, Ren, so the main character's name is Ren, well, mm. call her the main character, she dies. Yeah. Oh, so is she I, the mean, main, I think maybe just, Ren's the main Ren's character. Ren's the main character, but Rosh is the hook. Protagonist. Yeah, she's protagonist, our, that's yeah, what yeah. She's our entry point. Yeah. Um, and um, Ren then takes it upon herself to like, download Red Rose and figure out what its game is and who's behind it. Yeah. And in a similar way to Rosh, she is, haunted by Roche through the app. So it's convincing her that it's a way for her to interact with her dead friend. And I think the thing that was interesting about the show is I personally, in my horrors, I don't mind a supernatural element. Like I wouldn't have minded if it was genuinely like the ghost of them was haunting the app. I think it would have been hard to sell. Yeah. Because why don't they just haunt you? Why are they using an app to haunt yeah. you? Um, but instead of it being a supernatural element, you find out that it's somebody specific. And actually it turns out to be a group of people whose whole thing is that they use the app to torment people and sort of drive them to a point where they kill themselves. I, that was a thing for me where I was like, I don't doubt that this is something that could happen, but like, I don't know, I'm less interested in this than I am by people who are in the midst of their grief and making yeah. decisions based on that grief. Yeah. Like when I think about, I think the reason why that initial story really resonated with me was that like, I've often dreamt, spoiler alert, my mom's dead, um, 
about my mom being alive mm. in a way that was like, oh, I was here the whole time and you just didn't see me. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, in that in that moment, it's like, oh, what would my life be like if she was here? And the idea of you being in the midst of your grief and then being presented quite literally with your mum talking to you is such a nightmare yeah. because you're you know that she's not here, but there is a part of you that's desperate for her to be here, yeah. that you want to believe this thing, but you know you shouldn't believe this thing, but you want to believe this thing. That it would be such a mind fuck. Yeah. I can't think of another word for it. Yeah. Um, I thought, of course she keeps using me up because she... It's a connection. Yeah. yeah. But equally, your common sense should be telling you it's not her, yeah. but you desperately want it to be her, so you're kind of ignoring your common sense. And that's what a great horror is, right? Yeah. You watch it and you go, don't fucking use the app. But it's easy for you to say it because you're not in it. Yeah. The emotional thing behind both their stories, because the thing that they then use to hook Ren is that she misses her best friend. I, th- I never even thought about that. The deepness of that. <laughs> <laughs> Until you said that. And so I was like, yeah. this is genuinely like a really... I don't know, there's something about that that immediately drew me in. Yeah. Because I usually wouldn't watch a YA thing. I think I'm always nervous about watching YA things because I'm like, this is not targeted towards me. Yeah. Um, I'm. It's obviously not going to be the best storytelling because it's storytelling for a kid, yeah. almost. But I genuinely thought that uh, Red Rose was engaging enough that, like, it didn't matter what age you were. You could, like, watch it and enjoy it. Because uh, first and foremost, it was a thriller. Yeah. Um, and it, all those thriller beats were your traditional thriller beats and that it wasn't like, watered down for like, this is a kid's show so nobody dies, everyone's just sad or whatever. Um, I really enjoyed the the way that um, it drew the rest of the group in. Yeah, and that's where, you, that's where you've got the extended characters. Yeah. Who are all like newcomers. Yeah, all yeah, like it wasn't packed with talent. No. Um, oh, let me say my piece of trivia before, before I forget. Did you know that Roche is mixed race? I'm not surprised. I was looking at a photo of her and I was like, I'm not surprised. Really? Because yeah, I'm not going to like, when surprised. I watched it, I was like, oh, this is a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. A woman, her white daughter, her two mixed race children. Psych. Everyone's mixed race in the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no, damn. Oh, yeah, that, I have no that, clue. No, do you think, was, so there's a scene where um, the first time she opens Red Rose app and they make her into Avatar and I was looking at her face and I'm like, there's something about her face that doesn't, <laughs> this is very stereotypical, doesn't look fully white. Like, I don't know. But that's the truth of it. Yeah, the, I could tell that. That's why I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's I'm surprised. I didn't know. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but in research before the show started, I, I found out that she was mixed and actually, it didn't change my interpretation of no. the show at all, actually. I think it made more sense why she had a black dad. Well, I didn't, I thought that was her stepdad. I read it as like her oh, mom had had two children with oh, this guy, oh. and she was she was maybe had a different dad. Yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't touch on that at all. And I, I, there's so many different storylines to this show, one that you have just fracked open that I didn't think about. Mm. That I don't not I don't think race element is relevant because that's 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 wrong. But I think that that storyline would have been lost and diluted so quickly because it was there so wasn't other... space for it. No, it's so not because things... it wasn't a show about identity in that way. No. Like it's it's a group of kids who download an app, and I guess my thing that I'm interested in is how it makes it to her initially. Yeah, that's the and that was not explained. And when we get to when we talk about the finale and how I I think the writers have kind of opened the door to a potential new series is like 
this app is now like international. I'm like, how? Yeah. I think, I so it. the impression I got was, so yeah. So as we said, spoiler alert, it turns out it's an app being run by people. And what you learn is the app was initially created by a guy who had a crush on a girl at school mm. who wanted to find out what she liked so that he could have conversations with her that would like end positively and eventually they fall in love. Mm. He built this app and shared it with a with um, a group of random people online that he were in his like Discord chat, which I don't know. I mean, I'm not the most techie person in the world, but the idea is that you invite people to your Discord and you're, the, it has a subject matter and you talk about certain things. Mm. And I think it was a, a Discord that potentially he spoke about building apps with and they all helped him build the app Mm -hmm. and then he gave them the other people in the discord more and more control Mm -hmm. over the app until eventually it became this sort of thing that the group Mm co-opted off him and used it to torment this girl who didn't want to be with him or maybe she did but it never got there because she was being tormented by the app and eventually they drove her to commit suicide. I thought that they ki- oh, so she actually committed suicide. I thought, I thought, she, she I thought they killed her. fell off the roof or she jumped off the roof or something. I mean, either way, they inadvertently or adversely killed her. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's a bit of a question mark, question mark, question mark about how it gets to Roche's phone. Yeah. But the idea is once they realised they could do that, That's they started job. using it to pick a random person and basically drive them insane yeah. and convince them... I guess to like, kill themselves. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's like the whole idea of like, the vulnerability. Yeah. Because you know, Rosh, the episode kind of starts out with like Rosh being part of this gang but being like, on the outskirts. She's not like or a feeling a sense of being on the yeah, outskirts because exactly. it's the end of school. School, yeah. You don't and know if you're going to go to college. You don't know if you're going to college together. Yeah. And then she's close to Ro- and Ren, but Ren's also close to the rest of the gang. Yeah, and, and the, the rest popular kids potentially about to get a boyfriend. Yeah. What goes out deep to their friendship. Um, she's feeling a bit isolated. Also, there's the other thing, and I think they do this really well of like not overstating this, but like her dad works, it's just her, her dad and her sisters. And when he's working, she has to look after her sisters and they are in primary school. They're quite young. And that means she can't go do what the other teenagers are doing because sometimes she has to be at home and babysit. And that also leads her to feel isolated because while they get to go to the park whenever, you know, she has to be like, my dad's home on a Friday yeah. between six and eight, so I can go out between six and eight. The eldest daughter syndrome. Which exactly. You, oh my goodness. Which we've all been, like, again, even that I really related to, uh, yeah, that idea so. of being like, I'd love to be one of you guys out here living wild and free, but I can't. Because I'm technically like a substitute parent for my Yeah. Parents. And what you learn about all of them, well, most of them, is that they have quite complicated home lives as well. Yeah. Um, Ren's in a situation where her mum her dad was abusive, yeah. went to prison, and now he's back. Her mum doesn't want anything to do with him, but Ren has been speaking to him secretly um, and wants to develop a relationship with him, but is also you know, very aware of the fact that like, it will upset her mother and potentially will upend the life that, she's, that they've created since he went to prison. Yeah. Um, there's another character whose mum is alcoholic, and so a lot of what he does is basically trying to manage that, you know, being around all the time so she can't drink or, you know, taking her car keys away, taking her house keys away, she can't leave the house, taking her wallet, stuff like that. Like stuff that a kid shouldn't have to do. Yeah. Um, in all three of their cases, they're doing things that children shouldn't have to do. And um, I think that 
sort of adds to this idea of like the Stranger Things mess of them being like, we're gonna have to figure this out on our own. Like we can't turn to an adult here because the adults in our lives aren't, don't have the capacity to do this. Mm. Um, and there's also a really lovely moment I thought when after Roche dies, when Ren and the gang go to her house yeah, and, and visit her dad. Yeah, and the siblings. Um, yeah. And I don't know why that just made me feel very much like, I don't know, a sense of community and like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like if I would visit my friend's parents if my friend passed away, like maybe mm. if I was younger, but like that feeling of like, this is, yeah. my connection to you is our friend and our friend's not here, so we shouldn't yeah. be close, but they felt that they could come around and like, oh, we'll make you guys tea, yeah. you know. We'll do your dinner, like, whatever we can do to help. I thought that was really beautiful and felt very northern. That's what I was going to say. I feel like, so the show is set in Bolton, Bolton, the north of England, and I think that's, like, the fifth or sixth or whichever character, number of characters in the show, (laughs) that is your additional character. (laughs) The additional character and thread in the show is Bolton, even though it's, like, it's not your New York, it's not your London. And I think that's what makes the show feel different, mm. especially for a horror show, mm. which is usually very like city based or if not, then in the secluded, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas for a UK horror show, having this not in London, it just makes it feel a bit refreshing. Having the fact that these are not like your well off teenagers, they are, you know, students that have to go to the food bank like Rochelle did in episode one or two. Mm. Um, the fact that, yeah, the, the issues with the family dynamic and one of the guys who was, like, struggling with his sexuality and, like, going on, the, I'm assuming, the equivalent of grinder and yeah. then backing out at one point. So... I mean, being so young and, and thinking yeah. that, like, your first, you know, authentic uh, experience needs to be on grinder which is full of adults. Like, yeah. that... I'm not going to... That... That scared me. Yeah, I was like, I'd never, I didn't know never where it was going to go. Yeah. That a 16 year old, like a child, would get on there. Yeah. Because there's that... no gay people in their area. Yeah. So they have to get on an app and potentially be matching with someone who's like 30 years old or 40 years old. Like, oh that's super terrifying. Uh, did they actually wrap up that story? Uh, no, he goes to meet the guy and then he gets scared and he leaves. And then I think he messages the guy, like, I was scared and I left. Yeah. And then what happens is he sees something to do with Red Rose and then that okay. makes him go straight back to yeah. Red's and it's like, come over here, I've yeah. seen something and and you never go back to it. But then at one point they go to a party like oh, yeah. in the second to last episode. Oh my God, that, that, that gave me... Oh, wait, he saw someone come. He saw, no, he sees a guy who's uh, like, yeah, yeah okay, I, think so he might have, I think he might have, a, he might kiss him at the party, I can't okay. remember. So yeah, I think... I mean, that, that scene in the party with all these people in their house, that was giving me, like... Oh, my God, that, that I was thought that episode was brilliant, actually. It was a good episode, but I was like, there are too many people in this house. The, I would have been so stressed. Yeah. Uh, like, so many, so much chaos. Like, oh, we've, we've got this invite. Like, where are you getting this stuff from? Of course, the Red Rose Yeah, app. and I think that was what was brilliant about the yeah. app, was that, like, it wasn't a haunting, like, we're going to move your stuff in the night. Yeah. It was, like... It was controlling your social media yeah. as well. So it would post conversations that you didn't want to yeah. share online. It would uh, message people things that you hadn't messaged them. Yeah. It would block your ability to get messages from other people. It was isolating you to the point that you went insane. Yeah, and which feels very relatable from a 2022 perspective, especially for kids and young adults yeah. and young people who are glued to their phones. And that is their form of connection. That's their form of like forming and maintaining relationships yeah. and friendships. Um, and it's such a like vulnerable time. So I do think it was such an interesting story. Um, it I think for me, it was a bit of a slow burn. I didn't know where yeah. it was going. Were you ever like 
genuinely scared at any point. No. There was I mean, oh, one... Oh, sorry, there's one, there's one scene, but it was like, it wasn't scary. It was like, um, she was trying to find Rosh in this alley and the train comes yes, out. Yes, yeah. There was me. one scene where the mum looks in... Um, I can't remember who's... It's Ren's mum, I think. Looks in her room and sees her hoodie hanging on the door. That's... No, she goes in the room and she can't see Ren. And, like, just out the corner of her eye, it looks like someone's in the room. And she, like, spins around. So I was like, fuck! And oh. it was, like, her hoodie. And I was like... <laughs> I mean, that's such a, like... You know, it feels like a really cheap jump scare to be like, yeah. oh, it's a hoodie the whole time. But I'm like... In the world of this show, it kind of makes yeah. sense. Like, it wasn't ever, like, a ghost is but behind you. it was just you. eerie. And yeah. it was like, what's going to happen next? And, like, as you started to discover what the app was, the capability of the app, mm-hmm. that's when you were like, oh, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. There's such an unpredictability of, like, where the story will yeah, move. Yeah, and, and what the app wants from there. Yeah, and I if think... it's going to try and kill everyone off, you don't, you don't know. Yeah, I think... The denouement, which is the fancy word for the conclusion to a story. Wow. Um, is... The linguist is good. <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm doing several winks. Yeah. Um, uh, I found a little bit confusing. And yeah. also, I don't know if it... In the end, I felt like it didn't really pay off for mm. me. Was... Um, I thoroughly, listen, I will say this, I thoroughly enjoyed the show. And even mm. at the end when I was like, I don't know if I'll buy this, I still, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. But essentially the app convinces Ren that the person behind all this is her dad. That was, to me, I was getting lost. Right. I was getting so lost. And I was fuming, thinking that was what they were going to do. Yeah. As the, like, that was the truth the whole time. Her dad was a weirdo. Because her dad is a bit of a weirdo. That's yeah. the point. Her dad's come out of prison and he's con- trying to convince everyone he's a changed man. Mm. And, y- you know, I, I believed him, but I was also like, that's that's the that's the trick, isn't it? I believe mm. this person. It turns out he's a bad guy. And so at the end, when they're like, it was him the whole time. I was like, I'm actually going to throw my TV if this is what it is. <laughs> I'm going to throw my TV. And I think... At the time when I watched it, I couldn't tell properly, but I do think that was completely fabricated. Oh, yeah. He wasn't involved in any way. A part of me thought that maybe he had been part of the group, but yes, he hadn't yeah. picked Ren. Yeah. And when they picked Ren, he was like, hey man, I'm out or something. Yeah. But then I couldn't work out, like, what do you get out of terrorizing teenagers? Yeah. And also, why Rosh? Why, like, why the initial girl? Like, it yeah. just, that part lost me massively. Yeah. I got a bit confused, but what I liked, a little bit. And I thought also you could argue it was quite convenient was this idea at like the midpoint, Rosh attacks like the local like bully girls, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, You're a fucking nut, I like your dad. Because they never really tell us what her dad went yeah. to prison for, but you kinda of work out from there that like, he might have beat someone to death or something, yeah. whatever. And then it starts this idea that like Rosh oh no, Ren might have something inherent in her that makes her a killer or makes her a monster in some way, right? Yeah. And then you get to the end and these people are terrorizing her. They will not stop. They want, the goal of the game is to convince her to either kill herself or have her die. Mm. And she goes to this place where they're holding her dad hostage to rescue her dad. And there is someone there and they're like, listen, I'm, the plan is, I'll kill you. And Rosh tussles with him and ends up killing him, right? So, now we're full circle on this journey of like, who is Rosh? Is she a murderer? What does that make? Like, what does that mean? Mm. And her dad takes the fall for her. And you could argue is the 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 most 
parenty like the noble thing yeah noble thing you could do as a parent i mean it absolutely sucks the idea of going to prison for something that you did rightfully coming out and be like well i'm going back in again and also can't even explain what happened yeah that's the thing and this is the thing this is my only issue with that why is everyone's immediate reaction to lie in a situation that the truth would probably out you and set you free yeah one she's a well she's not a minor she's 16 but there was a man with a knife coming at me. Yeah. And I got the knife off, off him and, and stabbed him. I'm not, there's no way I'm going to jail. Yes. In my head, there's no way I'm going to jail for like yeah. anything longer than a couple of months. If I am going to jail at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whereas you, the dad, you're definitely, definitely. going to jail. You're, you're a uh, re-offender. You're, you're going to be underneath the jail. So I get it as a parent. I, I can totally, un- I mean... Again, ride or die. The whole ride or die situation. Sure? I love my sister to bits, but am I going to prison for her? I don't think so. Like, I'm sorry. If you stab up someone, you're going to prison, bro. I'm not going to prison for you. But maybe as a parent, if I had a child. Wow. It's doggy dog out here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you get one life. I'm not spending my prison. Um, but I get it that like you would feel as a parent. It's yeah, your job to protect yeah. your child. At this point... Ren had come to him and said something weird's going on yeah. and none of the adults were taking them seriously. So, yeah. so it is that this has got this far because you guys didn't take this seriously enough mm. um, that I could imagine that he'd be like, you know, if I'd done my job, we wouldn't have got here. Yeah. So I'm going to help. Yeah. Take the rap. But I thought that was really heartbreaking yeah. when he's been taken away and she's like crying and like trying to go up to him and everyone's like holding him back and the mum and him have like sort of reconciled and now yeah. somebody's going back to prison. It was, um, like, it was a nice like closing of that story yeah. and then the whole like stinger stinger at the end was which was like japan, japan. i was like okay cool so the next series is going to be called golden rose or something like that well, i think you but call it red rose it's red rose japan yeah red rose Tokyo. Yeah. oh my god um i don't buy it but oh i don't i it's i think i i, I guess this is a wide question on season on second seasons which i yeah. think we could do a an episode on yeah. which is that like Sometimes you think you know what your show's about, then it comes out and it's received, and the thing that people relate to, or the thing that people identify with, is not the thing that you were planning to bring back for a second Mm. season. So I imagine they were like, oh, people will just be like, they love the thriller element, and we could just pick it up and take it somewhere else, right? But actually, I think it was those characters, I think it was where it was based, I think it was them that you bought into. I I think I'd be more intrigued to see what happens to that, yeah, to that group post of course post Ren but I felt that there could be more of a story I mean it'd probably be hard to do the exact same story with the Red Rose app trying to control them because they've seen they've been been there done that got a t-shirt and killed someone for it so like yeah no and I think that's the tricky thing about preparing a a second season of a horror thing like one of my favourite horror series did I say Scream? no I mean series not a film oh okay Um, I have two one is The Haunting of Hill House is that good? Brilliant. Oh, okay. Um, and... We've done quite a few of those. Yes, but the second season's a completely separate story. Oh, okay. The, I'm talking about the first season specifically, yeah. and that was close-ended. Yeah. And it had to be close-ended because yeah. you come in and you're like, what's the power, like, what's the what's the horror? What's yeah. the thing we're supposed to be scared of? You yeah. have to answer that question by the end. Yeah. And it's really hard to then maintain multiple series of that. Mm. Even American Horror Story, which used to be one of my favourite horror series, yeah. that first season I think is incredible. The second season completely different yeah. story and i think that's the way to do it but some of, but the problem is some of those seasons are hit or miss yeah. 
And when they're missed, you're like, oh, this entire thing is a flaw. Yeah. And when they're hit, you're like, why can't we just do this yes. story again, again. 17 <laughs> times? And you know why. Yeah. Um, but you definitely, I mean, I, if I'd worked on American Horror Story, I would have just kept it at that house 100%. But. I've never watched it. I, if you've not heard, I'm not a massive fan of um, horror. horror. Um, so it's, it's not my go-to genre. That's why I was a bit even nervous when we were talking about this show. But the human elements, the Boston element, the 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 Y element, um, even the thriller like the Black Mirror. I think it's been described like Black Mirror meets Derry Girls. I think that kind of element kept me going to just like be intrigued to see what happened. But the supernatural, ghosts, not even go yeah, all that it scares me a bit. Even though this show wasn't super super scary. Um, it's not my go-to genre if I want to yeah. watch something. No, I get that. And I also realise that the two things I list, my two favourite seasons are specifically, I think my favourite type of horror genre is a haunted house. Okay. Because it's, it's also like the entity is contained in, in, in this space. Place, yeah. um, you've made a choice to live here. And, um, you know, you can enter with a family and it's about the way that this entity is going to like fuck with this family to a yeah. point where they realise that we're being haunted and we need to get out and we need yeah. to protect ourselves and stuff like that. Paranormal, paranormal Activity is a really great horror movie. Yeah. Um, um, uh, oh, the really, the famous one, The Shining. I've never watched Shining. I mean, I know the, the, fam- the famous Here's words. Johnny. Yeah, and the whole like open thing. What open thing? Oh, I've got, I think got the wrong. What are you talking about? Tell me, tell me the bit. And we'll see what um, we can Something Nicholson. Yeah, it's his... here, Johnny. Here's it's, Johnny. Yeah, and he opens the door. Yeah, but he hacks through the door. He doesn't open the door. Uh, he hacks through the yeah, door. Yeah, but there's there. this little slit where yeah, he yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I know that. Okay, so I forgot about the. the yeah, and that's the that's the line. Here's Johnny. That's why I said uh, it. And then you said it again. And I was like, it's the exact same line. <laughs> We're talking about the exact same thing. Um, but that is about a man takes a job at a hotel, look after it, and it's off season, and it's wanted. Jesus, it's I'm, about a haunted yeah. space. There's something about a haunted space that to me works really well. Yeah. And but I love um, the tech aspects of this, where it was like the controlling aspect is where the horror, where some of that horror is based. It's so YA horror. Yeah, it's a YA like, horror. Like I can't imagine when I was thirty. When did I watch these things? I was probably like nineteen onwards. I didn't really watch horror things as a kid because yeah. I grew up in an African religious household, so we, we were we were barely mean, allowed to watch Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean the, the most <laughs> paranormal thing is Nollywood. Yeah, and that to me was already too. I was like, this is wild. <laughs> and honestly, wild. I would say nothing. Those haunted house films did not scare me as much as those no, films. No, the juju of it all. No, those Hollywood films are scary. After no. you watch a handful of those films, you're ready for the world. Yeah. You're like nothing in this life can scare me apart from somebody with an egg and a chicken and then that organ music. Yeah, when I hear that organ music, no, I'm ready you know. to run. I'm you know, you know something bad's gonna happen. And then the CGI of someone flying. You're like, you know what? I'm good. Somebody actually means like to make like a a horror movie about the diaspora. Like about a bunch of black characters, like a horror movie about a bunch of black characters in the UK, but it has those elements. Of those, oh like, my god! That organ, honestly, that organ music immediately oh makes me nervous. I get so tense. Yeah, no, because no, but I after watching a few of it, it became comical. And the drum, yeah, which like it would just not stop. It is so scary. You knew what was gonna happen, so we made it comical. But that being said the juju of it all I and also the fact that the CGI in those films is so, so bad. bad but for what like an eight year old's mind you're like this yes, is the scariest thing. thing I've ever seen when, in my entire when life. you a guy hits another guy and the guy is flying in some kind of weird way and you start seeing strings that is the kind of- 
You never see strings. They no, just, shoot. no they it's, just, it's like, yeah. <laughs> this exact would be like, it took a picture and then drag it across the screen. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, it was always birds. Yeah. But I don't know where they got this like clip art bird. They got so many different birds from like Microsoft. Like it was from free download or something that every film would have the person turn into it. Like if she's a witch, you know she's a witch. Yeah, she it's turns like into a bird. Birds. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely not Red Rose at no. all. But, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I really if, enjoyed it. If we're going to rate it um, out, out of five? five, I think that's what we've been, we've been doing. Yeah. What would you give it? I'd give it a four and a half. I'll give... The half is for the... The half that it's missing is that, like, the final... The yeah. dinner, like, I, yeah. I don't know if it all came together as neatly as I would have liked. Yeah. I think I didn't like the Red Rose group in real life trying to catch them i didn't like that aspect of yeah, it yeah i feel like that wasn't explained as well it was but I, I, I did kind of struggle with that yeah it was confusing yeah yeah um i would give it three and a half but that, half of it is because I, of the genre i'm not a massive fan as much but i did enjoy it i did enjoy the show i just don't i 3.8 3.8 clear, close I, to four. I, another reason why i'm giving it 4.5 is i genuinely do think i would say nine out of ten of the performances on that show were very very great entr- entrances to this oh, yeah. to the industry yeah, some yeah. of those some of those kids i was like oh can't wait to see what yeah. they do next yeah, but some of those kids i was like <laughs> do, 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 do. how did you get this job yeah. the love interest i was like honey you can't act which one the ren's boyfriend I, I was like, yes, Queen, give us nothing. He gave us nothing. <laughs> there was no in any there was no levels to that performance. It was just all day, every day the same thing. I was I, like, I, see the girlies giving <laughs> you everything tears. Yeah, but smiles. again, you just look good. You, yeah, Jonathan looked nice. Gave us no, nothing. I'm working on the show and they showed us like some of the gallery that they shot for the show and the main lead is the same face on every <laughs> single shot. And I'm just like, wow, this is going to be a very diverse piece of creative that we're going to be creative for this. I would love to, when we get an actor on, on, on the podcast, I'd love to ask them because I feel like with something like Red Rose, those main characters have a lot to do. Like a, yeah. to be a lead in a horror movie, you so much levels to yeah. it. To be like, the romantic interest to you is kind of just there to be like, I care about you, don't I? Like, what do you get to do? Nothing. Like, I wonder from his perspective, he was like, I gave as good as I could have given. Those were my lines. What could I do? No, but, but I also I... felt like in some of those scenes, he could have given us something. Yeah, exactly. I think you can make anything out of anything. Look, look at Jennifer. I was going to say Jennifer Hudson. I was going to say Jennifer Lopez. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what about her? I'm sure that there's like, there are many famous actors who have started off with the smallest of lines, but become the biggest of stars. So... Yeah, I yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens with the show. It's is on BBC iPlayer. It is a co-production with Netflix. Yeah, so I'm so sure it'll be on Netflix at some, some point. point. Yeah. So um yeah, that's um our review for today for this episode. If you like to get spooky, watch it. Yeah, exactly. If you also don't like to get spooky, watch it because it's if, really not that. Scary. If yeah, if you like like tech shows, not like non non-fiction. If you've had a parent pass away recently, maybe don't watch it. It will be triggering. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say if, um, it will be triggering, man. Yeah. And the trigger—I uh, mean, I was gonna say yeah, trigger warning about the themes of suicide yeah. and death and yeah. controlling coercive behavior. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to to keep in mind. And curly hair. <laughs>
a lot of it on the show. So if you don't like it, don't watch it. <laughs> I like all the characters. Yeah. I just oh, nice. if you have a problem with northern accents. Oh yeah, watch if you have, it, a lot of if you don't like there. northerners, but you're not yeah. gonna enjoy this. But you should all. love northerners. Are great. Yeah, um, I bet you would say that. And on that note, we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about our next review. Yeah. Um, we're not going to be from drama now to back to reality. I know what you're thinking, but didn't you just spend an hour and a half talking about reality? No, no, no we didn't. Did. We always have more. We do. Actually, one thing we didn't do, we didn't rate Married at First Sight UK. Oh, two. <laughs> I give it a four. I'm giving it a 2.5. For the entertainment. The, there wasn't the... enough hot dudes in it. No, we no. Did, we said that there were hot dudes. We had to really backtrack very quickly. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three, but on my basis that They've got to figure out what they do with the second half of the series. <laughs> yeah. I can't sit through yeah. more boring episodes. No, like nothing's happening. Yeah. And again, I know that I said like, I don't like when it's fights, fights, fights. And I stand by that. I don't yeah. necessarily like when it's fights, fights. But you need to figure out a way to like put an episode together where I'm actually intrigued by the end result. Don't show me all of the juicy stuff in the trailer. Yeah. Oh my goodness. E4 does that a lot. Remember Mar- um, Made in Chelsea? Oh. Made in Chelsea was the biggest... Like you, I re- as soon as you realised that all of the juicy stuff was in the trailer after watching the show. No, they, they had some great editors. Whoever was editing those trailers, great. You were doing you're doing your job. Whoever whoever was editing the show, bad. Actually, no, the other way around. I feel like the same. I feel like yeah, the editors on Married at First Sight they need to have a strong word with the producers. Be like, there's nothing to edit in yeah, those last exactly. week, so you need to be yeah, so, ramp it up. Yeah. Give them games to do or something. Exactly. Do wife swap. Also, do something. And can you just do stuff other than just the honesty box? Because the honesty box is just the shame. The honesty box is the most ratchet <laughs> box, box <laughs> on the planet. I want <laughs> that honesty box in the bin. I'm sorry, it's messy. It's so messy. And it's messy. So transparently messy yeah, yeah exactly and they brought it out three times in the whole series one the first time was way too early then the middle of the series made sense messy and, and was like why they, we already know what the outcome is but the relationships are over why did we break up oh my gosh watch the series or jerry um so yeah we're talking about mess actually we don't know yet we don't know yet we are going to review um love is blind series Season three three honey yep I know what you're thinking. Leave these poor married couples alone. Why you guys keep getting in their business? Because they keep on bringing us there. And you know what? We are of an age where people get married. Not us. Yeah. (laughs) That's an episode for Data Scribbles. Um, But um, Love is Blind is on Netflix. So we're going to be chatting about that. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other places. And <laughs> whatever you listen yeah, to. Yeah, you listen to your Netflix <laughs> program. No, I'm very excited to see see this new series. It's one of like Marilyn First Sight was your favourite dating show. One well, I would go on. The one that you go on, Love is Blind is the one I would go on, but I don't know whether I want to take it all back after seeing the series. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this because I genuinely think that you might be out of your mind that this is the one that you want to go on. <laughs> but then based on the review of Married at First Sight this season. Maybe I am. Yeah, I just think you have to be not to go on either one of these shows. Oh yeah, I think any of these dating shows, a bar couple therapy. Yes. Yeah. All right, and well, thank you for listening to we this. We love you guys soup. so much. We love you each and every one of you. We've actually fallen in love with you over the course of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thank you so much for listening to this super packed episode. Yeah. This has been Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana and Bonnie. Bye. Bye.